I'm not sure how he can be accused of cherry picking if no one knows what's in the Mueller report. Exactly. Like if no one knows what's in it, then how can you say that he cherry picked anything out of it? You just have to make him a little older and salt and pepper him up a little bit. But he's not black enough. That's bullshit. <laughs> Having a public presence is nowhere near what it used to be. Right. You can be, your whole life can all of a sudden turn into some fucked up reality show real quick. Welcome to the salt of the streets coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat with everything going on in this nation. We need some information and that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation with real talking, real topics, real people, real problems. Think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan. Cause that's the what, what's that? And just like a red, white and blue Phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisan, we are back to salt of the streets podcast. This is Saturday, episode 55. It's 106 p.m. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets pod, podcast pod. Got us both. Which us reminds both me, we're going to talk about that in a second. Welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports, all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless and tireless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I'm Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, we had Attorney General William Barr, a.k.a. Bill Barr, was on the Hill this week testifying in front of uh, the House and the Senate about, uh, technically it was about the budget for the Justice Department. But But he didn't talk much about that. They did not talk much about that, which was interesting. But we'll get into all that. We have some Mueller report updates that kind of crosses over with the Barr testimony. And last week, we actually had Secretary of Homeland Security, Christian Nielsen, walking out. She is done. Christian. Christian. Christian Nielsen of of the Nielsen family ratings. I wonder what. Probably not. It's fake news. Her ethnicity is. White. Um, Yeah, so her heritage. That's a good question. what I'm getting at. <laughs> I knew she was question. white, but I mean, like, where's her family from? Maybe we'll discover that when we talk about <laughs> it today. Along with that, we have the arrest of the WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange. Weird looking motherfucker. Dude, he went into that embassy <laughs> looking like one thing, and he came out looking like Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's, it, you know, what was it, seven years he was in there? Seven years. And most of that time, I would I don't know if they have like maybe a courtyard in between, but pissed in shit in a coffee pot. I'm yeah. just kidding. He did. He had a bathroom and a cat apparently. Yeah, he had a and apparently he smeared poop on the walls before he left. But anyways, we're <laughs> oh gonna get into God. all that and so much more on this week's episode <laughs> of the Salt of the Streets podcast. Uh, but oh, before we get into any of that, there was something I wanted to talk to you about. What is it? Mueller report. I said something about the William Barr things, Christian Nielsen. <gasps> yes. So I have discovered a new podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I just, I heard the immigration episode that they had on, but it's by this guy. I don't think you've heard of him. I'm being sarcastic. His name is Sean King. 
Oh, God damn. Yeah, man. <laughs> God damn it. And it is called The Breakdown. And it is, it is my new favorite podcast to hate, to love to hate. Because, How often does it come out? Uh, well, it's just started coming out the beginning of the month. How did you hear about there's it? like uh, a guy at work. He told me about it. He's like, hey, do you know who Sean King is? I was like, dude. Oh, dude. I fuck know. Sean King. Oh, I know. The last thing I remember about Sean King was last year at the beginning of football season last year, ESPN did showed an auction style fantasy draft. And he That's talked right. about how it was racist because people were purchasing black men often at an auction. Just like a slave trade. Dude. Right? Dude. Yeah, so that same Sean King has his own podcast now, and it's called The Breakdown. Uh, the nice Fuck. thing is, unlike listening to Pod Save America, where it's like two and a half, three hours sometimes, it's only like 15 to like, I think 25 oh, was the God. longest one I've heard. But Thank God. Yeah, but we're gonna. I'm going to bring up some of his points from his immigration oh, episode yes. when we start talking about Christian Nielsen and Yeah, because you know I have stuff. to listen to it now. Yeah, dude, Damn it's so it. good. It's Damn. it's so it's so bad. It's it's good. That's all right. You know what I mean? It's. I was listening to it, going like, "Well, that's blatantly false," and you're presenting that as fact. Oh, that too. <laughs> that's oh, blatantly the false. The whole thing is just total <laughs> bullshit. Oh, this is going to be fun. Those are the best podcasts to listen to. Oh yeah. To. That's that's why I listen to Pod Save America. Don't you know about all of these things? <laughs> don't you know that that's not true? Oh, don't, yeah. How do you not know that? Like, you have to know. You have to know. You have to. If you have to ask. Oh, <laughs> well, no. What was it? You don't need to know? I don't remember. I don't know. That's an old saying. From, if you're old enough to ask for it, you're too old to have it. That's what I say. Really? When it comes to breastfeeding, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk, <laughs> talk about uh, <sighs> Curse Jen Nielsen first? Dude, I don't know. My mind's all fucked up right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have first in your notes? Uh, uh, AG Bar. Okay. Well, we can do that first. Sure. So, you said that you listened to Day Bill G. Bar, William, William. William Barr Wilhelm. is the Attorney General of the United States. Um, he was confirmed a couple weeks ago. We touched on it here, did not go into it deeply because at the time it was not contentious. This week, so we also talked about it on the last episode, right? Because mm-hmm. the Mueller report came out and he wrote a report. So it is, this is something that we'll get into, but he was very adamant about the difference. His Letter is not a summary of the report, but a a conclusion of findings. Indeed. Or something of that matter, whatever he said. So that's what he put out, right? That's what his letter is. So he started to catch all kinds of heat and, oh, you know, now he's a shill and fucking whatever and no one can trust him and he's just whatever. He's just a Trump puppet and all this shit, right? So um, this week... He testified in front of subcommittees of the House and of the Senate. And I think it was on like Wednesday that he did it in front of the House and then Mm -hmm. on Thursday in front of the Senate, something like that. And he was there with, I believe, the deputy. It wasn't the deputy attorney general. It was the assistant attorney general. It was his assistant, which I don't know. seems weird that that's two different things. But he he um, knows all the real numbers and everything. Right. Especially because he's been there longer than Bill Barr has. And so he was more involved. So they were there to testify on like the DOJ part of 
the Trump budget and the Trump budget in whole, but specifically the DOJ portion of it. Yeah. Um, but he ended up talking, at least in the House, right? He talked some about the Mueller report, but after a certain point was like, I'm not going to answer any more questions about this. Like, I don't, I said exactly what I was going to talk about and that's, that's it. Right. Yeah. So, I will say he did say that as of right now, the redacted Mueller report is set to release sometime this week like I will sunday say, or something like that you're I getting think. this on monday so it may be out they may come out tomorrow it may come out next friday i think this friday i think he said by oh no i'm thinking of russell wilson not bill Barton. Like, <laughs> i think he said by the 15th but that's not that's russell wilson um yeah sometime this week i remember in the last episode of the npr podcast politics podcast they said that they would have it by the next episode so i think it comes yeah. out on like tuesday or something like that but it's somewhere between three and four hundred pages long a fuckload of that is going to be redacted, so it's going to not be really that long to read. I don't. I mean, we're not going to have it read by the next time we're here, but don't um, tempt me. I mean, he'll have more of it read than I will, but we. It, it'll be easier to read. Is, is really what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um. So he did say that that was going to be released sometime this week. Um. He also said he also talked about the four areas. Or reasons why he would be redacting material, right? Mm -hmm. And let's see. Of course, the notes that I went and got from work are in my car. Um, <laughs> but what he said was he, they were going to redact them for four reasons. And it was, I got this, I got this, I got this. Anything that came out in the grand jury, because that has to be left out by law. Anything that has to do with an active, ongoing investigation. Um Anything that would reveal any type of practices among the intelligence community. And then also he said anything that had to do with reputation or something else. There was another word that's like similar to reputation. It's a synonym of that, mm -hmm. right? And that one was is discretionary. You know, it's up to him and, and the people at the DOJ to decide what is and is not possibly damaging to someone's reputation. And right? that it's kind of similar to the grand jury stuff because essentially if he found that there was no no charges to be to be had, you know, because he yes. said that in his letter that um Mueller had vindicated him on collusion, Correct. but found no way, you know, either way, yes or no, that he was um, you know, subject to what's the word i'm looking for he's indictment not gonna, yeah, and, for um and, you know uh the obstruction of justice charges right and, and I, so then he made the call that there there wasn't enough evidence to do that and i think it's interesting i'm sorry i don't want to interrupt you. i think it's interesting to or not interesting important to draw the distinction right because it's being toted around certainly most of the like the more left-leaning media that Oh, you know, he's not going to he's not going to try him. He said there was evidence and he's ignoring it. And that's not the case. Right. Bill Barr said that there was evidence, but not enough to justify indicting the president. Right. Yeah. Which gets, goes into a slightly deeper argument because Bill Barr did put out that memo like a year ago where he was to where he talked about and outlined the extensive amounts of evidence you would need in order to indict a sitting president. Because in his opinion, in the vast majority of the legal community, you cannot and should not indict a sitting president, right? So I don't know that that's 
you could argue that that's part of why he's there, right? Because there's a whole slew of people that now especially are arguing that that's why Bill Barr got picked as the AG is because he wrote that memo, you know? Yeah, there's been accusations of him using the DOJ to act yeah. as, you know, the Trump's and, know, legal defense team, essentially, at this point. And I don't know that that's the case. I would, you know, I, I don't think that that's exactly what's going on. With his background, um, I would be highly suspect to go that way. Especially because he has, like, a deep personal and work relationship with Robert Mueller. And, like, yeah. there's, there's a whole deal. So, um, yeah, and, and plain and simple, I just wanted to make that point, yes. is similar to the grand jury information, because the obstruction of justice, you know, charge is primary directed at president trump if at the end of the day there was not enough evidence either way to convict him either way right they're going to remove you know his name and some of that stuff so that it does not affect his reputation because there was no crime at the end right. of the day to to hold him on and so that is also plays into that's similar to what the grand jury does as well the protecting the grand jury information so it's very, very similar. And, and that's also, from what I understand, a pretty general consensus consensus among the legal community that if someone yeah. is not being tried for something, then we're not being indicted or being charged or anything, then there's no reason to slander their reputation if you're not even going to try them. You know? in, in the legal sense. Yes. I mean, to legally muddy the waters for somebody who, at the end of the day, was found not guilty of whatever. Right. Or not even not guilty, but... There's not even enough evidence to that they would feel comfortable them, right? with an indictment. Charging them, yeah. indicting them, anything, yeah. And yeah. The, the argument, real quick, the argument about this whole you can't indict a sitting president thing, because he wrote that back in, what did you say, 2018? I think it was. It was I think so, a, yeah. I think uh, like mid-2018. And, and that is one thing that anybody can have that outlook on, because it is kind of unconstitutionally... Tested. It hasn't been tested against the Constitution yet. There's never really been that, you know, the necessity to do that. Because if we ever were in a situation where an indictment of a sitting president would would happen, he's generally impeached before it gets to that point anyways. Right. And so I don't understand why this is even a focal point. Because it's the Congress's job at that point to impeach him if he has an indictment, in pen, you know, pending indictment. Right. Impeach that, so there's no constitutional problem. Well, and Nancy Pelosi is not is not in favor of impeachment. You know, it's it's only the more radical portions of the Democratic Party that are in favor of impeachment. Because, like I said, even Nancy Pelosi. What the fuck, am I trying Nancy to say? Pelosi. Yeah, well, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker is, of the House, is pretty progressive. You know, I mean, yeah. as far as like standard ideas and general arrays of politics go, she's pretty progressive, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, very, very progressive. And maybe not by the new, you know, the new compass, but by yeah. the standard idea of the political spectrum. She's pretty progressive, you oh, know? Yeah. I mean, they pushed the ACA. And if she's sitting here saying that she doesn't think impeachment is the right way to go, not only because they don't have the numbers, but because it's incredibly divisive, all it does is stand to further divide a country that everyone it everyone is willing to say is way too divided. You know, it's if she's not in favor of it, then I don't understand like what the argument is here. You know, there's no there's it's, no legitimate argument for it. I mean. I mean, there's probably legitimate arguments for impeachment along technical grounds somewhere along the line for what, you know, the stuff that he's done, but not in this case, you know. And no, especially if he's not being charged. 
impeachment is not a judicial function. It's a political process. Purely political. Yeah. And this is the ability for the Congress to remove the president from office if they yeah. deem him unfit. And there's there's plenty of stuff that you, they could try to build a case against it and sell it to the American people. Right. And I'm sure there's a good case to be made there, but you can't do it along intersectional lines. And I'm not saying that I'm happy he's there, right? Because I think about this all the time that, I don't know, at some point I'll have to explain to Dax like this portion of history, you know, because he's going to learn about it in school and it'll be like, this was a crazy time. Like this 2018, the 2016 election all the way through 2020, maybe through 2024 was a fucking crazy time. You know, that four years, that eight years was insane i like, hope this is peak insanity too you know and it's normal it's gonna be like when you ask your grandparents about the 60s and like and tell me about you know when the, when the vietnam war was going on they're like it was fucked up it was really fucked up like everyone was pissed off it was a whole deal you know crazy times yep it was crazy and it's gonna be this the same thing now like it, it was fucked up like it's the mccarthy you had, era yeah you had people running around talking about you know you can decide fucking who you are whenever you want to be and what you are like it's a whole deal you know people disputing science people pressing shit down your throat i mean it's weird you know it's a weird time and like, like i said i'm not happy he's here you know but there also isn't enough evidence for him to to be kicked out of office, for him to be impeached. Yeah, just know? because I don't like him and I I despise a lot of what he does and how he does it and all this good stuff. I like some of the things that I've gotten out of the administration coming from somebody that's more conservative than not. But I'm not willing to just throw away the how the government should work so that we can impeach somebody that I don't like. That's not the I'm we've accepted that, I'm moving on. I did we did get a little glimmer of hope when did you hear Mitch McConnell the other day talking about how if there's gonna be Republicans that run primary campaigns for president, that they need to essentially run an independent campaign away from Donald Trump. Oh and yeah. That fills my heart with so much joy it I needs to even. be 100% separate from that because yes. that's not what's going to win people over anybody who's even leaning towards I mean and not that they have to be totally separate from the ideals of Donald Trump but anybody who doesn't distance distance themselves 100% from Donald Trump is not going to have any chance of taking that Republican nomination exactly because that's if you can show me a fucking moderate Republican who you know wants to provide some shit and it's like people are getting fucked over in this country like we need to do some shit you know that's the guy that I'm going to be like, hey, that's the person because I'm no just to be fucking general about it. That's the person that I'm going to be like, we should listen to this person because fuck Donald Trump and look at this. Like, yeah. Look look at this good I'm, legitimate option in the Republican Party that we should maybe like take a look at. You oh, know? yeah. And I think we'll talk later, too, because I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but about a couple of the 2020 candidates because there's been some interesting moves in that realm. Um, and last night I did watch most of that Jay Inslee town hall on CNN. That's what you said. So I'll bring that up and I'll, yeah. I'll give you a couple of the highlights that I got from um, that. Excuse me. So while so while I was listening to the bar testimony, he was asked um, how he read the report and wrote his letter so quickly, right? Yes. And when he answered, I said, well, we had a pretty good idea of like what was going to be in it as far as like the department of justice, you know, like especially as things are being reported, you know, people being arrested, like we kind of know like what's going on here, you know? 
Especially from a legal standpoint. I mean, they're in the Department of Justice. They can see a lot of things that we can't. Right. Just being so familiar with uh, law and that that whole legal world. Right. We see indictments and we see arrests and stuff like that and go, we can draw our own lines, but they're going to draw a completely different set of lines because they're in it. They know what those really mean. And that was also when he explained his letter as a as a summary of findings, a statement of findings, right? Yeah. Not as a summary of the report. Because it was not a it summary. Is, it's not. It's we just read a, it. I don't think we read the whole thing, but I mean, we've read the quote in there about it. And I read the report, or not the report, but the the summary of findings or the summary of conclusion or whatever that, that he had put out and... He didn't even attempt to try to summarize anything whatsoever. Just said, and what, so what to happens. label it a summary, yeah, is disingenuous. Yeah, from the basis, um, he was accused by the chairwoman of the joint committee of cherry picking through the report in providing his summary. In which again, he said, "Well, my my letter is not a summary. You know, it's it's a statement of findings, and I'm not sure how he can be accused of cherry picking if no one knows what's in the Mueller report. Exactly. Like if no one knows what's in it, then how can you say that he cherry picked anything out of it? Like you don't even know what's there. You're He's ho- the only yeah. one that does. The whole argument is based off of an assumption that you cannot possibly know an the assumption that of. he's leaving things out. Yeah. You know, when there's no evidence of that. Like there's no evidence at all that's telling everybody I'm looking at you in the eyes. There's no evidence at all thus far, either camera, of that Bill Barr left anything out. There's no evidence that he's done anything that's that's untrustworthy, that's unjust, that's anything. I mean, it's it we have no reason not to trust that this is the findings of Robert Mueller, especially because no one from that party, except for undisclosed sources, which I'm starting to really get frustrated with, right? Yeah. Nobody who's willing to name themselves has said, that's not what we said. Yeah. You know? And, and that, yeah, because that was, there was reports going around. It, it wasn't this last week, mostly. It was the week before, I think, when we were off. Um, we probably would have talked about it then, but a lot of reports started coming out on the, in Washington Post, New York Times, right. everybody, and they had gotten, oh, I can't remember, but it was like a third-party reporting. So this was, we're getting this story third-hand before it actually comes to us. But still like on, people still on deep people. background. Yeah. Like, for, it's a third party, but for some reason still on deep background, right? Which deep background means that you just say a person who works at this place. Yeah. You know? A person, a person familiar with the matter is a very popular way I right. think of stating that. Right. Days. I'm sorry. So that would, so right. So background would be a a source at this location or source at this company, yeah. and deep background would be an undisclosed source said yeah. this. Right. So and that's like, what the shit? Which side note? That is really interesting to to look back at, like when the Boston Globe first dropped their Catholic Church findings. Yes. So the language that they used there for talking about these, you know, deep, you know, undercover sources and stuff right. like these deep sources. The language they used then compared to now. One well, also so different, but also, it's the same thing. And I was I watched all the President's Men this week. Oh, right? so. Fantastic movie that is about Woodward and Bernstein and they're reporting on water on fucking Watergate and the whole deal and blowing the lid off and and everything. Right. Robert Redford, I believe. Right. Yes. Fantastic fucking actor. Right. So good. Him and Dustin Hoffman. Shit's awesome. I mean, it makes Um, sense because Donald Trump apparently used to look like a young Robert Redford. (laughs) Right. Right. So. So when I'm watching this, right. 
through three quarters of the movie, they're meeting all kinds of resistance with their editor because they're not able to name their sources. All yeah. they have to say is an undisclosed source, undisclosed source. And he says, fuck that. He's like, I can't report anything that no one knows is true. But for some reason, it's the new standard of reporting to just say an undisclosed source. And people are just cool with that now. You know, that I know. I mean, and it makes it makes. How a, do I trust that? It makes partially a broader statement, because if all this is true, right, if all these people, if they really are the people they say they are, if nothing's being made of, everything is true, which we would hope that it is. Right. Then it shows a problem, I think, with the merit of those people and the the cojones, for lack of a better term, that they're not willing to say, no, fuck that. I work here. Don't use my name, but tell them I work here. Yeah. And this is what's going on. I've seen it with my own eyes. You know, I'm not saying you should use your name because if you work in the, if you're fucking deep throat, you know, you work in the government, you can't use your name, but you're willing to say, I work here. You know who I am. You can't use my name. You can't fucking yeah. whatever. But come on, man. Like, I don't know. It's, it's strange to me. Like I said, that's the new standard of journalism is just people on deep background. And that's like what's taken as. I think that's why leaking is so popular these days because everybody is on deep background essentially. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that was the fun rabbit hole, though. I, th- I think Sorry. that makes sense. No, I think that makes sense that that's that's like the the natural alternative to people who are too afraid to go on background even instead of deep yeah. background. They're like, well, I'll just leak the document, you know, mm-hmm. so that people just see that and I don't have to be involved. I don't have to whatever. Yeah. But then you start getting people like Bradley Manning, Julian Assange, you know, we'll get into later. You start leaking documents. People come after you. Like yeah. they find reasons to come after you. Yep. So we'll get into that later. But um, I thought that that was very interesting, right? Definitely. So he was also asked if he believed that the Obama administration and the Obama DOJ had spied on the Trump campaign and whether or not he was going to look into that. He did say that he did think there was some form of spying, right? He didn't say whether or not he thought it was malicious or or unprecedented or whatever, but that he did say there was spying and they were going to look into that process. There has been questions in the past about the FISA process, which is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which is how you start tapping people's phones and, you know, all that type of shit, getting warrants to to spy on them and to follow them and all that type of shit, right? Mm-hmm. So, because there's it been, is so at its core, it is supposed to be a counterintelligence right, process, right? Which I think we'll elaborate on in a minute. And I believe. Fact check, I believe that FISA was born out of the Patriot yes. Act. Um, and it just, that's I'm something like 99% that, on Right, and that's just something that has stayed, you know, as that mm-hmm. has faded away. Um, and yeah, so, because the Patriot Act opened the door for a lot of this stuff to be able to take place. Right, right. And so there has been questions in the past, in the beginning of the Trump administration, the beginning of the Trump era, about the FISA application specifically for Carter Page who was a Trump campaign worker. Um, and do you work in the administration too or just on campaign? Do you think know just on the campaign? So either way, so there's questions about the FISA process because that application got leaked. Um, and so there's, you know, well, that's not true and this is only half true and all the whatever and blah, blah, blah. And so there's all kinds of questions about that. And so William Barr did say that he and the Department of Justice were going to be looking into that, which I did think was interesting. Right. Um, and the last thing I have written down here by the first day is that he was act. He 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 was act. Uh, he was asked about the Department of Homeland Security and family separation. Right. As mm-hmm. they talked about kind of like border stuff. And he said something that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Right. Yeah. That he said those cases in which families, children were separated from their parents 
were only handled that way because those cases were referred to that department. Interesting. So it seemed to me, right, and all I can do is take away because that's he said what he said, right? Mm-hmm. But it seems to me that he's also saying, well, if you would have just left them there, then they wouldn't have been separated and everything would have been fine. You know, if you wouldn't have if you wouldn't have started to process these cases, mm-hmm. then they wouldn't have been separated and everything would have been fine. Yeah. Which is to say, like, if you would have just left them on that side of the border to stand there yes. or not accepted their asylum as it was, not a, not even just told them no and just sent them back, then this would never have happened, which seems like a backwards way of justifying. Well, that's kind of you what, know what I'm saying, but that's it is. And it, you're not wrong for thinking that's weird to say, right? right? But when you look at this specifically with child separation, ever since the enabling or the enacting of the Flores Act in 1997, it's essentially become law, right? Right. right. And then each administration since then, because this is back in 97, has right. kind of just chosen not to enforce it sometimes sometimes more than others the obama administration did that did happen that's important note it did. Um, but yeah. that's not really the point so, and i understand that at the time that it, it's it's law right i yeah. understand that that but he's the first one to really go no okay let's do this and and so that's why i'm like that seems like a backwards way of justifying like well if you know like because it's like it's sleazy i get that it's legal because obviously that's that's what the law is, and it's in protection of children. It has it's there's no malice behind the right. act. There's it was an act of, you know, ro- the road to hell is right. you know paved with good intentions. Which which and that's this is a problem that it created because yeah. now you have it was designed to keep children safe because of the problems with smuggling at that point, and so you would separate these people while they figure out who they are, and then. You know, if there was a chance for them to identify that these are not your parents or blah, 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 we'll find out what's going on here. But because the system was so inundated at that time. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what it was designed for. Right. But now it's turned into, you know, the narrative on it is where this is an evil act because we need to keep these parents with their children. You know, if we can determine who the coyotes are and the smugglers, yes, but it doesn't need to be all encompassing, right? Well, and other times it happened before it wasn't in the height of the social media age where yeah. everything is in your face all the time. And so when it happened, people didn't know about it. It wasn't as broadcast as widely as it was this time around. And Obama was regarded just widely more positively by people than President Trump is, you know? So mm-hmm. he's people didn't want to report on him as fiercely as they did, as they do about President Trump because they don't fucking like him, you know? Yeah. And that's just how the vast majority of the media is. Um, and, and I hate to say this, but I started to look up the numbers, the actual numbers for immigration, yes. because Trump has said some things like there's a 1,700% increase in immigration. Right. And so I looked it up and I fact-checked it on both PolitiFact and Snopes to kind of see what they would be. And they're not, he's not wrong. It's not quite 1,700, it's 1,675% increase in asylum claims right that were reviewed by homeland security from 2008 to 2017 and part of that is i don't not to interrupt you but part of it is because they've increased the amount of people working in the department of homeland security mm-hmm. to process those claims and they are actively trying to and this is something that william barr talked about when he was there 
they're actively trying in the budget to add like over a hundred more judges and they're trying to add more people working at the border and in yep. Homeland Security and in ICE to process these things. Exactly. So this is not a bad they're they're actually looking at trying to make fixes that I feel right. would work. And because there's obviously, yeah, there's been a massive increase for one because you have more people working, but they're still inundated. So he's using what should be an an argument in favor of his policy as a justification for an increase in policy. Yes. Is what it sounds like. As an as an in, a justification for an intensifying of the policy, which is what he said this week that he wanted to do. They're looking to go in a tougher direction at the border. He mm-hmm. wanted someone tougher to head ICE. That's why whoever he had before, he said, no, 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 I, I want to put someone tougher in, right? And that's now why, you know, why it's being speculated that Christian mm-hmm. Nielsen was asked to step down because she wasn't quote unquote tough enough, which we'll get into, you know, when we talk more about her, but it's, that's what he said, you yeah. know, is that he's looking to go in a tougher direction. So it's, it's an interesting, spin that he's using you know and it's, it's not a, like it's, it's a, a terrible spin yeah. it's fucking terrible yeah. he is so the way he he talks about this is we need more security at the wall or i mean at the border you know we need the wall we need border security right. that's all he fucking says if he was to say that i want more money for you know for judges so we can move people and if he laid it out in a semi you know, understandable manner. Right. He would probably have a hell of a lot more support. And I want to, I want to look more into this, right? But since his budget came out and they're asking for more judges, there's new criticism from, from like the far left and from, you know, from left media mm-hmm. that is saying that, oh, well, now they're just trying to hire anybody who can spell constitution, anybody who's right out of, you know, whatever. And I've, I've not heard any actual stories just like off the cuff kind of anecdotal things about people who aren't qualified, but it seems strange that you're telling me that there isn't a hundred more people in this country who are qualified to be immigration judges right now. Yeah. That seems weird. It seems that very we've hard. Got, what? How 30 million people or what the fuck ever are in this country and you're telling me that there's not a hundred people who are qualified or overqualified. A hundred. Only a hundred. That's, you're, that's, you're not, you're telling me there's not a hundred because I think he said like 107 or something like that is what like they have in the budget for 107 more yeah. judges. You're telling me there is not readily available 107 people at least who are not overly qualified to be immigration judges in america mm-hmm. that seems really weird like really that's weird. a that doesn't seem like that argument can hold any weight at all how could that possibly be unless i would say that counts as a you know a conf- a confirmation federal judgeship that's the only way that would make sense to me is if there is if they all have to go through a confirmation process due to the level of judgeship that they're on yeah you know i can see that being a massive problem because we're not getting many judges through the confirmation process Mitch McConnell right just tried to change that this week and i don't know the exact numbers on it but he either put in the process or started the process to change what you would need to get someone through yeah and it's not to take away the filibuster but it's like to lower the amount of votes that you need to get yeah um yeah, because he doesn't to want to quite and, go nuclear, but he's trying right, to get around the nuclear. Right, to try and get more judges in there because yeah. that's the intent they're trying so to get. So I would have to win. look into that because I don't know if that's the case, but it would make sense to me that it is. And I mean, maybe maybe not people who are unemployed who could take a federal judgeship like that, but there are certainly people who already are 
DAs or judges at, mm-hmm. at, at smaller courts that are yeah, like on I the said, district over, court yeah, level overqualified to be immigration judges yeah. or at least or at least qualified, you know, yep. and then people who are then qualified to take their place, people coming out of law school that can become district attorneys, who can yeah. become lawyers, who can whatever. Like there's I don't know. That seems weird. It does you know? seem weird. But right? that's the argument that's being used. Is yeah. that, oh, well, he's just trying to put fucking anybody in there. Like, no, he's I mean, trying to fill seats. He's trying so, to. And it's such a strain on the whole judicial branch when you think about it. Because you you have that that choke point at the the congressional approval level of people that, are tr- that, that aren't even in that branch right. of government. Right. It's very strange. To and me. there are these. I, I, I hate this. Like, this, I hate this so much because I hate Donald Trump as a person. Right. But I, I objectively, I can't say anything other than like you have Democrats that are constantly trying to say that there isn't a crisis at the border. Right. While using a crisis at the border to justify other things. Right. And saying that Donald Trump is doing terrible things while they're trying to obstruct people getting into judgeships people trying trying to obstruct people getting into secretary well that's seats. because all those all those candidates they're all corrupt you know these are all people right, they're, they're trump appointed they're tainted we can't have them in the system and not not only that right now they're saying that they're not qualified they're trying they actively lowered the amount of beds that are at the border to, yep. to hold people while they're being processed right they're doing all these things but they're still toting themselves as the party that's pro-immigration that's pro-immigrant that's like in favor of all these people but they're only doing things that are hurting them like i said i don't i fucking hate donald trump but he's doing things in his administration because that's that's the yes. way to right his administration is actively trying to put in place a budget they'll increase the amount of judges that can hear cases for asylum for people to legally come into this country what's the what's the argument against that yeah like Please. that's it. That's where the money should be going, right? We don't want a wall. We we want people to help the system. So what's the fucking problem? Like, what's the argument against this? I don't. I don't understand it. I don't know? get it. But somehow, I don't get it. Somehow, they're the ones that are in favor of immigrants and immigration, yeah. right? Almost as if it's a constructed, uh, manufactured crisis in it's a way. Weird. You know? you know, you didn't cause that. Obviously, I don't want to go down that. All the way, you know, when you when you say that, but you can obviously by like you said, cutting down on funding for beds and making it impossible for that system to work. You are not contributing to helping the problem. And he gets to sit there. President Trump gets to sit there as right. So let me start with this: the people who think that the president should really just be kind of like a figurehead, right? Mm-hmm. Those people have got to be super happy right now. Because President Trump is sitting there as a figurehead, his administration working, just fucking trolling people, you know, just fucking trolling people because that's what he gets to do. He gets to talk shit because at the back end, everything's really kind of working out. And what he's saying is not totally untrue, you know, Yeah. that a, a certain percentage of this, however much it is of the issues with people being judges, being secretaries, him filling places, a certain portion of this is attributed to obstructionism. On the Democratic side, right? I'm not. I'm not saying all of it, but yeah, a certain of portion of it is. You know, so when he's saying that, he's not totally incorrect because part of it is not all of it, like he's saying, but part of it is. You know, and he's also, like I said, not he's trying to build a wall, which is fucking stupid. But he's <laughs> he's also putting money up for more judges. For more, I don't, I don't like, get it. It's so weird. That's if, so weird. It's 
it's frustrating. But this is, and unfortunately, unfortunately, this has been the case for a long time. This has been happening for a long time, but it's so unconsciously transparent these days that I don't understand how people can't see right through the game that's being played. And then if if they were to be called out on everything they've done and actually are forced to change their tune in a way, like present a path they think is good. Because right. what right. what is the the greater democratic alternative to what we have now? What Man, is, there there's no comprehensive plan. The only one that, that you this hear isn't good. Yeah. The only one you hear is, well, this is sucks. We need to fix it. Or open borders from the far, far left. But that's still that's extreme. You don't hear that coming from the mainstream majority of the Democratic Party. Well, they just, even, uh, they're obstructing. And even this is, I remember what I was trying to get at, right? Even when President Trump, because I really kind of think this was a troll. Yesterday I read that he was <laughs> no. talking about, he was like, well, I'll just release these people into these sanctuary cities. Yeah, they're like, you guys are so fucking jazzed on it. I'll just let these people go in the sanctuary in the sanctuary cities. None of those people are freaking the fuck out. The representatives are like, this is bullshit. He's trying to, he's mistreating people. He's fucking whatever. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, he's, <laughs> he gets to, like I said, he gets to sit there and fucking troll people, you know, just say shit like this. Yeah. Get people all in an uproar to expose themselves for being frauds, for being hypocrites. Yeah. You know? Like, where are you at? Where is your mind at? You know? Because I got to believe that, like I said, if we were politicians, we'd be like, this motherfucker's trolling us right now. Yeah. He, he's at, he's trying to rile people up. And so there's like <laughs> a bunch of representatives that are unknown that are just like, God, this is horseshit. You yeah. know? Like, this is horseshit. Aren't saying anything because no one knows who they are. You know, Dan Crenshaw. Like, he's saying that. It's like, this is horseshit. Big like, fan of Dan Crenshaw. And, you know, and you got people like Dan Crenshaw that are like, he's trolling you guys. Yeah. You're stupid. Like he is interneting all of you guys. Oh, he's interneting all over your faces right now. He's like, interneting. And I don't. You don't even get it. Like you don't even understand it because you're too fucking old. Like, yeah, you're just too d- disconnected. That's why. Like, it's so weird. One of the reasons why I like DK so much, uh, Derek Kilmer, our representative, is because, you know, the town hall we went to, where we, you know, people asked him questions and stuff. Like, when, whenever somebody brought up, like, what are we going to do about Trump? It's like he immediately goes, that's not important. He's an idiot. Right. But what we're doing here is we're the Congress. We're trying to take care of you guys. Don't worry about him. He's an idiot. I love that about him. It's just like he's so insignificant right. to him and his thoughts. It. And I think we need more people like that, for one. But it's it's just so weird throughout, just kind of like to get this back to the, the bar hearings, I mean, it was the majority of people, uh, at least in the second day that I watched, which was with the, the Senate part, the majority of people asked him about the Remola report. Yeah. They asked him about everything but to do with funding, which is what that subcommittee is there on. It's for listening to budgeting right. uh, concerns and all this stuff. And I like mostly it was the Republicans who are more or less, you know, on the, the Trump side of things. Because what do they have to say? Everything's working out in their favor. They're they're fine. Um, but it was all the Democrats asked him these questions about all this nonsense stuff. And Lindsey Graham, I think, talked to him about, uh, what was it, the ACA? And um, and then he talked about funding, actual funding problems for like things on the border and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm trying to remember who asked this question now, but I 
cannot for life me remember. Um, but they, they started talking about the ACA and why the attorney general is not, is choosing not to defend the ACA in this, in the court battle that's coming up. Um, with the removal of it was after the removal of the individual mandate yes uh, which required people to buy into the prop to the obamacare for lack of a better term um and then if you did not buy into that system you were you were penalized on your taxes on your taxes and so at the time they ran it through the supreme court and they the supreme court said at the time that it counted as a tax and so that makes it constitutional well, then a, I think it was a fifth district court, which I believe down in Texas found Texas. found the whole thing unconstitutional because of the removal of that tax. Mm. And so now they're trying to fight that Supreme Court. And so he was asked a lot of why he's not choosing to defend it in court. And Dianne Feinstein had given him shit. And it's like, this is unprecedented. I don't. It's Why, you know, this is a thing that's that like helps our millions word. and millions of people. And I mean, it's the law of the land. Why would you not choose to fight this? It seems like you're obligated to do it. What did he say? And, you know, he pointed out a couple cases um, where the, you know, the DOJ has not, the attorney general has not chosen to defend certain cases. Um, and it's only a, a couple of them here and there. But every now and again, they just go, nah, we're just going to sit this one out. But she's trying to guilt trip him into taking the defense of the ACA. And that's what he's saying. He's like, I just don't really want to fuck with this one. Like, yeah, essentially, you know, he's he's making excuses not to. It's like, well, I mean, it's been done before. It's not man, that cray cray. This is, but this is a pretty big fucking case for him to just be like, well. Well, see, know. and th- this the question I wanted to ask you because I was watching this. And my first impression was, you know, the the DOJ, the attorney general is... He works for the executive branch. Yes. If the executive branch chooses that they don't want to interfere in the judicial branch's business, yeah. Why? Why is that a problem? Right. I mean, I get because um, we all think of in, the president as a king now, and he controls us, and the executive branch is the castle and the royal court. I know we think that way, but they're not. They're a separate, equal branch of government. And so I think, so I think on, on the whole, it's not, you know, right. the, the idea of that is like not that big. Like of it deal. still steams, it's, it seems sleazy because you think, okay, well, if right. we should and at least do due diligence, especially if it's come this far, you yeah. know, I think is generally the, the idea. And like I said, on the whole, for me, it's not like if it's just a fucking thing that comes up and they're like, no, we got other shit that's going on, you know, like whatever. Yeah. But I think the problem is this particular piece of legislation that's, yeah. that's under question, it's right? Because it. Affects everybody, especially because the president has not offered any type of anything to to take that's plate to take its place when it's gone. You yeah. know, because as it sits right now, if if the ACA is to be overturned, millions of people will lose their insurance. Like if it's just gone, people millions of people will lose their insurance. Right? If that law is overturned, if Medicare goes back to how it was and everything, millions of people will lose their insurance. If nothing else is put there to at least help them figure something out until then. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, people's concern is that President Trump has not put anything forth to say, when we do that, this is what you'll you'll be able to have. You know, because there are people with pre-existing conditions that are scared because they don't have any type of of 
security guarantee that they're going to be able to get insurance if the ACA is overturned. Yeah, you it's, know? And the, that's, it's the same argument as net neutrality. Net neutrality. Yes. Is how, I don't have this protection that I want, essentially. We, we don't know necessarily, I mean, we know from the insurance side that, yes, that was a practice that once took place. But you tell me that after this situation, because correct me if I'm wrong here, but the way the ACA works is it's it's subsidized private insurance. Like if you go on to the Obamacare website and you, because I, I shop every single year to see if it's affordable for me and it never is. And so, you know, I see it all the time. You, But all the coverage is still through like, say, Regency Blue Cross right. or some private insurance company. Right. And so... If you remove the subsidization of that company, you know, would there be any effect in the actual customer? Because they don't want to lose you as a customer. They still want you to stay with us. You know, there's just now there's no like kind of price lock guarantee. Well, and and again, I think I I agree. Right. I think that it does behoove them in the end to figure something out. Mm -hmm. But because, again, no one has come out and said anything like that. No one. Blue Cross. None of those people have come out and said, don't worry about it. If that happens, we'll figure it out. We'll make sure we lock our prices so that if you do have subsidized insurance, you don't get fucked. Didn't a bunch of the cell phone companies do that with when net neutrality got repealed? Like Verizon or AT&T, so like they a couple of the big cable ones companies like, and stuff. Yeah. We're like, we're not going to do that. Don't worry. Like, yeah. we're going to stick to both of us. Yeah. We got you. But no one has come out and done that. And yeah. I think that that speaks largely to the selfishness of, you know, insurance companies that we yeah. all see. That all they want is fucking it's money. It's the biggest racket yeah. in the entire Man, planet, me. man. Insurance they, is... It has a legitimate purpose, but it is the <coughs> biggest fucking racket. They don't want to cover exists. anybody and they don't want to pay any doctors for doing anything, right? Yeah. All they want is just to keep all of the money all the time and just keep collecting it. So yep. it's how little can we pay to actually get everything covered and still make a bunch of money? And even though you and I can sit here and say logically corporate, it only makes sense for them if the AC is going to go away for them to figure out a way to keep people covered because they're yeah. going to lose a bunch of their money if they don't, right? Yeah. And the problem is that's a totally separate it's, problem and a whole right, separate right. conversation. And what I'm saying is, is that's logical, but most people aren't thinking that way. Yeah, you know, we can see that the it is most likely that something would get figured out. Yeah, the private sector, hopefully, because capitalism is a, is is generally a great thing. Hopefully. Mm-hmm they would figure something the fuck out, right? That an insurance company would be willing to step up and take a hit so that people can be covered, you know? But nobody has that assurance, and that's what they want. In this era, you want somebody... And they got a bad history of fucking people and in, over, man. And in this era, you want somebody who's going to put something out on social media and come out and make a press conference and yeah. say, we got you, you covered, we we care about you, we're going to protect you, and no one's done that, you know? Uh, yeah. And I, th- I think that that's a little bit unnecessary, but that's what people want. That is what America wants. That's what the vast majority of people want is to see this company gives a fuck. This government gives a fuck. The president gives a fuck. But because no one has said that, you're able to make the argument that they don't. Yeah. You know? Because they haven't proven otherwise to us. And I think that's, that's it. Really what have weird. you done for me lately? You point that out. And I I think to like a lot of like dystopian sci-fi movies and stuff that I've seen where like, you know, corporate interests, you know, companies and stuff like that. They all do that, like always in the background. That's always a thing in a dystopian future. Yep. But, I mean, we've seen it work out 
a, you know, great for a lot of these companies, man. The entire tech industry is like that, for one. I mean, you've seen like Nike and stuff. They get political, you know, right. these days. A lot of these things. And it doesn't make them less popular. They still thrive. And so it's like, quit doing that, insurance industry. Get on board with the future. Let us know what your intentions are. It, you know, I think regulation removal is a wonderful thing. As long as we have a good understanding of what our relationship is between the two entities, the individual person and the insurance industry, it has a purpose, especially in today's age, because there's a lot of just due to the technological nature of medical care these days, all that stuff's really expensive. Right. Right. And so there's a, there's a good purpose for it, but we need to have kind of a, you know, an understanding that we as insurance company want to make sure you're taken care of because you need that in today's world. But we also make a promise that we're not going to fuck you over. Right. We're going to make money because we're a business and we're going to do that. Almost run it like you would say, like a, a nonprofit in a way, right. in my mind, you know, just that should be the mentality anyways, because what is insurance other than charity? And it's, they, it's capitalized charity. And they need to be, like like you said, they need to be stepping up and doing that because it like I guess it as it sits right now, like we're gonna assume that you're a corporate shill until you show us that you're not. Yeah. And like that that's where we're at. You know? And I believe fully hundred percent that that if we were to do that right now, that's the way it would be because yeah. they are much like the pharmaceutical industry, there's not a whole lot of good intentions at the top. There's no money in them not covering anybody. You mm-hmm. know, like there's no money in the for them. But nope. that's like I don't know, you know, it, that that in itself all depends on how much faith you have in the free market, you know, yeah. and a lot of kids my age don't have any faith in the free market. And that's why they're leaning towards AOC, towards Bernie Sanders. And, and back in my youth. And I don't have the exact same faith in the free market that you do, but definitely much more than anybody who's fucking, we're like socialism, we need that. Like, oh, yeah. I don't, I'm not there, you know, but I also. It's because you have an old soul, Don. And I'm, and I just come from just. I come from a life of where I have just bad luck with companies and just get fucked over. You know? <laughs> so I just don't trust companies because of I just have bad luck with shit, you know? Yeah, I, I do too. I do too, man. So I, like I said, I trust the free market because I see and care enough about history to understand that that's what got us here is being a free market capitalistic society mm-hmm. who's also a democratic republic where we got shit figured out, you know, yep. where we're trying our best. But I also am like, well, these social safety nets exist for a reason because people get left behind. You know, mm-hmm. shit happens where people get fucked over and they need help. You know, yep. corporation doesn't look out for everybody. They look out for most people because most people want their product. Not everybody. Yeah. You know, I think honestly, if they were to get on board with the Jeff Bezos, Amazon plan, Google, Facebook, and that level of public involvement, they would probably at the end of the day, make more money than they would have they would have if they're doing what they do now where they just try to exist in the background. They are, right. they are, they have made themselves a, what's the word? Oh, I don't like an entity that is just something in the background yeah. that has no voice. There's no head of, you don't know the head of Primera health insurance at the time. You don't know who the, the CEO is. No he's not Mark idea. Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos, but you know, he's a goddamn like billionaire. Probably Jeff Bezos name is everywhere. Right? But you know he's a billionaire. Oh, yeah. And oh, so, he's got fat stack. He's probably on the fucking the top 50 list. Exactly. And so if he was to actually become a public face and then 
the public would fucking scream at him. And then people would start dropping. They'd start losing a shit ton of money. And then they would change how they go, how they operate, and what their whole philosophy is. And they'd make right with the public. And then everything would be right with the world. And that's my faith in the free market. Just like the family who owned the company that made Oxycontin. Yeah, just got fucked over by everyone hates them, and they had to pay an ass load of money. So that's well, yeah, not enough, but right, not anywhere near enough, but a bunch of money, millions and millions of dollars. Um, but that's that's more of what you know. It needs to be more personalized, like that, yeah. at least in today's society, so that you have to eat the shit that mm-hmm. the government is eating when it's really the problem of you know all these fucking private insurance companies. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's so weird. That's why. I, People are able to justify Bernie Sanders, people like that, Diane Feinstein are able to justify Elizabeth Warren, that's what I'm looking for, are able to justify oh, yeah. absolving the private insurance industry. You know, it's because they're like, these people don't have your best interest at heart because look at them. No one's coming out here, no one's looking out for you. All they want is your money. It's all they want is your money. They don't care yep. about you as a person, they don't care about anything. It's it's the yeah. government's problem. You're right. It's the government's problem. Let us take care of it for you. Don't worry about them. They should go away. We should make that illegal. Let us handle it. Yeah, what the then, fuck? Then I go, wait a minute. Pause button. Rewind. Yep. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? Oh. You found your notes. <laughs> <laughs> that was like six <laughs> oh, the, the jump of excitement Shit. was so perfect. Oh. <laughs> so anyways, that was... Our thoughts on how we fix healthcare and immigration yes. all through the bar hearings. Was there anything else in particular about the bar hearings you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, I don't think about Bill Barr. That's all I got about Bill Barr. Um, so we can move on to Nielsen. You got Christian next. Yeah. Is that we have next? So in other words, let's just jump back into immigration. Back into the immigration. So um, Christian Nielsen, I believe on Sunday, um, resigned. As the Secretary of Homeland Security. Yes. And um, the administration has nominated Kevin McCallion. McAleenan. McAleenan. Thank you. That's what I think. McAleenan. Kevin McAleenan, formerly of the, oh, the, how do you actually say that? Customs and Border Border Protection Commissioner. That's what he is. CPB. Yep. That's what it was. CPB. And so now he is acting. Secretary of Homeland Security, which was very interesting. Yes. Because the Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security right. was essentially passed up, even though she is legally the one that was supposed to. Because she because Kirsten Nielsen wasn't fired, because she resigned, that means that the deputy legally, right, as just as mm. protocol sits, the deputy is supposed to take her place. But she resigned, and then President yeah. Trump is like, "No, no, no! This guy is going to be this anyway." Yeah. And so, I wonder what happened there because after Nielsen resigned, it was very, very soon after that that um, Deputy Grady was her name. Yeah, offered her resignation as well. I want to call away for about ten minutes. It was it was like a Venezuela light situation, mm-hmm. you know, where <laughs> where like she had like the actual legitimate rule like, wait, to wait, wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Isn't she supposed to be the boss now? Yeah. What are you trying to do? Yeah. So Christian Nielsen's uh, resignation came after a contentious meeting at the White House on Sunday. 
with President Trump that it was reported was supposed to be about like how to move forward on immigration and ended up being very, like I said, very contentious. There was a lot of arguments, not yelling, I don't think, but a lot of disagreements. And, and at the end, President Trump just told her that she was going to go ahead and have to tender her resignation. And then she yeah. did. Um, Which I think she was probably very happy to do. Yes. The spotlight yes. has been on her more than anyone, any other Secretary of Homeland Security. You know, yes. Spotlight's been on her. I'm going to actually, I wonder if I still have that page pulled up. I went through some of the last secretaries of security or secretary of Homeland Security. Cause I was trying to remember the name of, you know, my ultimate executive leader while I was in the coast guard. Right. Well, so, so, so let's, so let's talk about this, right. Um, as far as president Trump, because he seems to be, Blaming the people who work for him for his policies being illegal, right? Because yeah. as far as um, child separation and when he wanted to limit the ports of entry that you could claim asylum yeah. at, right? Those things ended up being illegal. And I mean, as far as child child separation, he, he said to stop that and then mm-hmm. talked about putting it back into place, right? And he... Like he's blaming the people that work for him for these things being illegal. You know, it's not, it's not by any means her fault that it it was found illegal in the courts to limit the places that people can claim asylum at. You know, that's that's a matter of legality. And by the reports that I've seen, she told him that when it happened. You know, the order to start separating children from their parents sat on her desk for like weeks or months. You know, for a really long time it sat there because she didn't want to do it. At least if that's what we can assume. You know. But she's the one that is taking the heat from the administration for these policies not being able to yeah, go through. That's because she's the ultimate figurehead now that Trump made her the spotlight of it. Right. You know, she's because technically, I mean, yeah, she's at the top. This is her problem, you know. So it's not wrong that there's been so much spotlight on her. But it's again, it's it's that age where you're just I mean, having a public presence is nowhere near what it used to be. Right. You can be your whole life can all of a sudden turn into some fucked up reality show real quick. And I don't think anybody's ready for that. She certainly wasn't. Well, and that no, and that's exactly what happened to her is that I mean she, you know, like I said, she was sitting on this policy of child separation for a long time. And then as soon as they started doing it and it started to catch wind, she had to go out there and defend it. And she I wasn't even in favor of it in the beginning, you know, yeah. she still has to go out there and eat shit and be like, well, legally, you know, under the fucking the Flores Act or whatever he said, like, this is, you know, this is what we're doing. And we're just deciding to follow through with something that other people weren't harsh enough on and and try and spin that into like, mm-hmm. we're just being tougher on immigration. You know, it's kind of like what uh, former AG Sessions was doing with the cannabis industry in yes. states that had legalized. It, yes. You know. Just really cracking down because he technically could because it's still a federal law. And that's the problem with the Flores Act. Is, right. Like we had brought up before, it was, a, it was a good intended bad idea. You know, it happens all the time. Just because it exists doesn't mean it was it's right. You know, we, we can understand that, yeah, we were trying to help, but that was a bad call because we didn't see this circumstance happening right. afterwards. Right. And so we need to address that, and but it's not fair to just pin it on, you know, like I talked with Sean King. He talked about that in his new podcast, The Breakdown. <laughs> this is what really that got is not me a going plug. off. Because he, 
you know, Christian Nielsen in his mind is someone who throws cage, you know, kids in cages right. like dogs. Of course. I mean, that's what else and is Trump she? are the devil. They're they're evil people because of doing this. Satan incarnate. It's not their idea. Right. I mean, it's their idea to start enforcing that. Yeah. But it's the law, man. It's like, and there's reasons for it, however wrong they could be. But she's not the bad guy. Right. I mean, she kind of is because she's the speakerhead of it. But. Yeah. Well, and, and either way, right, so this leaves uh, another another seat open in Trump's cabinet in, in yep. all, I mean, there's dozens. How dozens. many acting um, cabinet members does he have? How many acting? Or, oh, I don't yeah, know. Well, not so much cabinet I have, members. I mean, I have a list here of uh, of Which, like yeah, high like secretary generally seats there he can't have. be that many, right? Because so many people have have gone out. I mean, has John Kelly's replacement been confirmed? Uh, Does nope. it need to be? No, we do not have actively um, like a confirmed White House chief of staff, right? So. It just seems, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, right? The part of that certainly is due to democratic obstructionism. They don't want these people in. They're yeah. just they're against everybody, right? But the other part is people is the administration picking people who are not good enough to make it through that process, right? Yeah. And we've seen that as far as Jeff Sessions, Scott Pruitt. We've seen no shortage of people who have been kicked. I what he's had three or four different chiefs of staff. You know, he's pulled people from yep. the old Dec- Secretary of Human Se- uh, Homeland Security. I mean, all that shit. You know, he's pulled three or four people from there. So, I mean, he got the, the replacement for Nielsen from, like you said, the right. uh, border... God damn it. Right. Dude. Customs and Border Protection. CPB. Right. So it's not just like it's not just the Democrats. You know, part of it is that he's picking picking people who are not good at what he's picking them for. Mm-hmm. And even now he's coming out. I, I read on Fox News, right? Because I'm fucking being good. Um it was reported that people from his administration said that she wasn't good for her job because of her background in cybersecurity, which makes her a a poor choice for border security. Then why was she ever chosen? Because you ran on a wall. You ran on border security. So why is she in the Department of Homeland Security at all if your focus is going to be immigration? Yeah. Then why was she ever there? And now you're using that somehow, like I said, as a justification for asking her to leave. Well, this is, I mean, think about what the DHS covers, right? DHS covers cybersecurity. Yeah. The Coast Guard. Huge department. You know, I mean, ICE, you know, all these different things. And it's not just immigration. You know, if her, you know, what's in, how do I put this? Because the problem, there's, they're all still a problem. You know, every area of what the DHS is supposed to do is always going to be a problem right. of some kind. You know, cybersecurity, super important right now. Huge problem. So, good. Christian Nielsen's there. She knows about that. Her background's in that, right? Immigration is also a huge problem. So, but at the end of the day, the head of the CPB, I actually got it that time, should communicate that to Nielsen, and she should then take care of his needs because right. she... He works underneath of her. I mean, she's the ultimate figurehead. She's the president of the DHS. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you really break it down, Barney style. That's right. A, that's an Easter egg from the book series I'm reading. Um, <laughs> but you break it down Barney style like that. That's what the system looks like. It's another top-down executive branch. And so how much does she really need to know about immigration? Not a whole lot. She right. needs to trust that her other leaders on the ground know what they need. And she needs to meet those needs. Yeah. So it's unfair to put it all on her. But at the same time, it's legitimate because 
she's still the head. Especially when I'm sure, and I don't know this right for for a fact, okay. but I feel confident postulating postulating that, that when she that's a good one <laughs> that when she got that seat both as the deputy secretary of homeland security and then the secretary of homeland security that her cybersecurity background was toted as a plus you know, as to why she should be there and now they're like oh well you know cybersecurity background like she should never really have been there in the first place like she blah, has blah, blah. been confirmed like, which, previously fuck, right because everybody that's leaving <laughs> that now leaves this acting vacancy type thing where yep. they have to be confirmed were themselves confirmed at one point yeah so i have a list here um of a couple of big seats that are that are currently vacant uh Homeland Security Director, Secretary, Secret Service Director, ICE Director, Secretary of Defense, Air Force Secretary, the FEMA Director, the Secretary of the Interior, the UN Ambassador, and the White House Chief of Staff all do not currently are either not filled or do not have confirmed people in those positions. Interesting. And all yet, those yeah. And a lot of those seem to be tied to some of the problems that we seem to be having these days. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. There is one other blatant fucking lie that Sean King threw out on his podcast. Um, other than calling Kirsten Nielsen the thrower of children in cages and shit like right. dogs. Um, but he had talked about how the... He said that the new acting secretary of Homeland Security... McAleenan? Is formerly the head of ICE and he thinks that's a conflict of interest blah 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 and I go wait wait pause button he was he is not the head of the CBP yeah he's customs and border protection which might fall under ICE Do you or think ICE maybe, might fall under them but he's not the head of ICE right right because the director maybe of through ICE some weird technicality but your fucking spin on it is so disingenuous either you're blatantly lying yeah. because you're completely ignorant about the situation or you're trying to put some stupid spin on it, which is complete disingenuous. Well, and he held this same seat, uh, the director of the CBP under Obama as well. Like this, well, he existed there when Trump came into office. You know, that's not a seat that changed. Um, and I think it was on the New York Times. Yeah, it was on the Daily that I heard people expressing concern for Nielsen's replacement, right? For McLean, because they were talking about he's tried to turn Trump policy and like kind of whittle it down into something that would be able to be implemented legally, right? And they're like, and yeah. this is a big problem. And I'm like, but isn't that his job? Isn't that his job there? Like, and I and I understand that maybe you don't agree with that, you know? And maybe he doesn't even agree with that. But that's his job. And if that's a job that he's comfortable doing, then that's what he's gonna do. And if he's yeah. not, then he's gonna go somewhere else. But like that's I, I don't know, like that just means and it's fine. But it means that they're not people that are able to separate themselves from their work, you know, which is probably a really good quality of a journalist, you know, that you fucking care so much about. It and that's why you want to be a journalist is because like that's what you're into. You know, you care about America. I'm so invested. People need to truth. know. Yeah, I care about patriotism, all this shit, right? Whatever. This is what I need to be writing about. But this guy may not even agree with whatever the fuck that he's doing. He's like, this is my job. And this is how I feel I'm able to express my patriotism. Whatever. Whatever reason he's there, you know, may not fit what your personal interest is. 
His job is to take Trump's policy, President Trump's policy, and turn it into something that both can be passed and that will appease the president or else he will be asked to find a new job just like Kirsten Nielsen. You know, she did what she could, even though she didn't like it. Obviously, she did her job because for whatever fucking reason, you know, she did it and and she ate shit for it in the end. You know, that's his job. Is to take that policy and try and get it implemented. It like, was really disgusting about this whole thing when I really started to think about it. Is all of these minor, well, I mean, these the heads of all the major like sub branches of the executive branch, right? DHS, Border Patrol, you know, any of these different, you know, heads of these departments, these bureaus, you know, in the executive branch are becoming so politicized. That it's almost like we're judging them like we elected them and they need to do what we need to do, what we right. want them to do. But they're not. They're employees of the executive. Yeah. And it's like we almost forget that and then we turn around and you don't judge them based off of whether or not they're doing what they're supposed to do for their job. No. Because you have no idea. And that's you know what I'm saying. Like Whatever he's doing now is he has to live with and has to listen to people bitch about like after it's done. You know, But right now he's doing his job. And he, I mean, he yeah. has to listen to it now too, but he's the one that has to live with that. Because like you said, he's not elected. He's not doing anybody wrong. He's mm-hmm. not whatever. You could argue, you know, he's, whatever, you know. But he's not like wronging his constituents like he said he's not beholden to anybody besides the president who gave him his job or whoever his direct supervisor is his bosses and who has the right to take away his job at any point the president if he's not doing what he's told to do which is what his job is yeah so maintain the department and the department is run by the executive branch through the supreme executive so i thought that was very strange you know that they're talking about that this this is something we should really be concerned about i'm like why? That's his job. Exactly. That's, like I said, I don't I don't approve of the policy partially. <sighs> excuse me, because I don't agree with the president. You know, I don't agree with the things that he's trying to implement, but that's that's not my business. That's part of him being elected as president because that's part of his however we got here, you know, that's part of what's under his decision making, under his rule as the executive yeah. is dealing with immigration like this. So until that's changed. That's part of his decision. It's weird. And it kills me, man, because this is so, it's so prominent in the Democratic Party and it's this, this far left progressivism take on everything and how it's all supposed to be run is driving the public to take interest in all these things. And people are asking, you know, why should we be so beholden to people that are not elected officials? Right. Which, it kind of makes sense in a particular way, but it scares the living shit out of me because if we were to do that, we've just exponentially expanded government. That's disgusting to think about. And and so that always makes me think, it's like, you know, is this a dangerous precedent to set <clears throat> by focusing so much on these individual people who at the end of the day are just doing their jobs right. as we assume they should be right. Whether or not we like how the job is being done, that's not our. It, that's our. We need to take that to their boss, right? The president of the United States, who dictates how they run their job, right? Because so, and this is what it what it made me think of. Right when I'm thinking about this at work, is it's there's nothing wrong with somebody who's able to separate themselves from their work, no. right? Because there is. 
I mean, hundreds of thousands of, of people, millions of people who have served this country and gone and killed people in the name of this country, right? And come home, live normal lives afterwards. You want them to be so, able to be separated. So there's the people who would argue that it's wrong for them to have ever done that, right? And they can't separate themselves from that. And it doesn't matter. They're war criminals, everybody, right? Yeah. The, the Sean Kings, the fucking, the Jeremy Scahills who yeah. think that everybody's a war criminal. Those people are regarded as extremists in this, yes. right? But for some reason, this person who's doing his job within the government, which is not the same thing as someone who is actively putting their life on a line, but is the same in the way that it is a government position, right? Those two things don't don't bear that similarity enough for it to be like, no. well, he's doing his job. That seems really weird to me. Yes. You know? And, you know, just on the... In, you know the grander scale. I mean, I mean that is so wrongheaded to just assume everyone's doing everything out of malice. Yes. Just why would you assume that about somebody? Just because? I mean, you're assuming that he's not doing his job correctly, and that makes you know. And then he's also an evil person on top of that because he's just doing his job. Apparently, I don't. I don't understand how you can actually judge people like that. It just seems, I I mean, do you do that from, you know, in your regular life? Can you separate work and home? I mean, are you the same exact person at work as you are at home? Right. You know, do you act the same way? Do you, I mean, do you, do you bring your work home with you all the time? No. I mean, you separate it because when you're at work, you're at work and it's no different for these guys, I mean, you would assume that they all have regular lives that they like to do and they have a wife and family, you know, or I mean, a life and family and friends and a whole, they might have hobbies and a whole, you know, they like, they might like to binge watch Netflix like you do. I mean, could we just, why do we have to completely separate that and judge them solely on what they do in their job? Right. It just seems so, and I keep saying it, disingenuous, but I mean, you can't do that to everyone else in your life. No. It's disgusting. So why is it okay to do it to them if they're just, we should assume ignorance over malice and they're just doing their jobs to the best of their ability, period. Why can't we assume that? They're all just evil. Yeah. Like you said, unless for the extremists, the Jeremy Scahills and stuff who just, like, <laughs> everyone is a war <laughs> criminal to him, which is, I love, I you know... I'm glad you said that. I think that's the first time I've ever heard that. But he does, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly so what he says all the time. By the way, that note cut that you have there looks like Washington. This one? Yep. <laughs> See? There's the peninsula. Yeah, yeah. There's Bellingham it up does there. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a Washingtonio. Washingtonio. Washingtonian. Washingtonian. There we go. <sighs> So I think that's all I have on Christian Nielsen. Do you have anything else you want to throw into that? No, I think we've successfully solved uh, immigration again. Okay. So I think that we can move on to... So I have some stuff about house subpoenas. Ooh. Trump taxes. Got, yes. Um, and then Julian Assange. So we can... Trump taxes, that. that's pretty quick. So we can yeah. just kind of touch on that real quick. So on the 3rd... April 3rd, the House Ways and Means Committee sent a letter to the IRS formally requesting President Trump's tax returns for the last six years, mm-hmm. right? And um, I believe that the Treasury had like 30 days or something like that to, to respond. They had or 15 days, something like that, right? Um, and so on the 10th, the Treasury Department, Stephen Mnuchin, our f- 
Fucking the Manooch. Our favorite guy. This is an um, interesting cat. They said in a letter to the Ways and Means Committee that it was going to take its time in looking at the legal justification for the request for the president's taxes. And they want to see and make sure that it's not partisan and not politically motivated and all the blah, blah, blah. And Which, I mean, it absolutely is, right? It's 100%. I, it, it is important to note, I think, that President Trump and Gerald Ford are the only presidents like in the time of of taxes Gerald that Ford, have huh? that have not turned in their taxes right and Gerald mm-hmm. Ford turned in a tax summary but didn't turn over his actual like tax returns interesting right? so it's important to note that just because I think it's an interesting fact you know but mm-hmm. um but there's all kinds of contention about that obviously and also because especially with the Mueller report Mueller report some of the stuff that came out and led to like Michael Cohen's testimony and all that stuff there's further questions about the president's money and how he got there and how honest he is. And I'm not sure exactly what the narrative is. I mean, I guess part of it is like that he got money from Russia and lied about it or whatever, but, mm. uh, or lying on his taxes and stuff like that. That's, that's what the question is. Um, and well, sorry. yeah, because I think, I mean, there's justification for that. Right. I will say that right now. And I think, I don't think that back in the day, like there is no law requiring presidential you know correct there is yeah there is also there is no law requiring him to turn in his taxes or um shit no law exists stopping him from releasing his taxes and there also is not a law that forces him to do so Mm -hmm. right because he also there's no law that says was like well fuck your letter i'm not gonna do that right and they can subpoena it and then that's another deal but as far as a formal request like they Mm -hmm. put in there's nothing that says he has to do that now, so this is weird because I actually have, you know, in the old days, you know, and it's always been that way where there's no law against or there's no law saying that you have to submit those. But I, even the libertarian minded conservative that I contend to be, I actually want that in 2019. Yeah. It's just, you know, I can understand why it wasn't there to begin with. And things were a lot simpler back then. And I think it was a much deeper violation of of your rights to privacy and stuff like that back then but in today's world there's so many ways to be dirty yeah you know financially. especially when you are somebody like president trump was like you yeah. claimed bankruptcy a couple of times and now all of a sudden you've got millions and millions of dollars yeah. and you're super rich and and maybe this is just coming from the military background that i have but the minute that you sign that stack of papers that you have, which is about this thick. It's stupid huge. The minute you sign all those, initial all those and everything, you have effectively, we always joke around, say so you signed away your life. Right. It's a pretty popular thing people have heard. But that's not untrue. You have forfeited a number of your constitutional rights when you join the military. Right. And so I, can, I feel like as a libertarian, I can still justify this by saying that we have situations in public service as it is now that you have to that you justify forfeiting your you know constitutional rights because now you are in the the public employ you know we we have a right you know you're choosing to do this so we need to make sure you're clean right and there's it's the same at the shipyard any most federal jobs you have to you don't have to do like tax returns and stuff but i mean like you have to open up your life for investigation for security clearance purposes for all these different 
reasons. I know. And I don't think it's too much to ask the president to forfeit his taxes before he becomes president. I don't know. I can see him being nominated and take the oath of office, but it should, because it should probably be a lengthy process. You know, you don't want to make sure it's not just willy nilly, boom, boom, boom. But, you know, at that should run its course, I think. And I feel like I can be totally justified for, for saying that in today's world. Especially when you have people who are not just politicians, who are business owners, who uh-huh. are people who are working in the private sector for any number of years and then come into yeah. politics, you know. And I mean, you think about it. Who are we asking to do work on this part? Because this is not another branch interfering with another branch. This is the IRS and, say, the Department of Justice might get involved. But these are all branches that, you know, these are all things run by the executive. Right. And so why not? Is the IRS run by the executive? I feel I, like it is. I don't actually know. I might have to fact check that one. That fact check? Fake news. Um, under, I'm trying to think. Because I remember, you know, the Obama administration so in had the that executive problem. Branch. Yeah. That's what I would, that's what I would say. Executive branch. Boom. And so, in short, the IRS is part of the Treasury Department, and the Treasury Department is under executive power. So, kind Boom. of. Boom. So, yeah, technically, the Indirectly. IRS works yeah, for the executive branch. So, that's good. I'm glad I knew that off the cuff. But Look at you, baller. And so, like, you know, I don't see there being a deep problem if you were to implement something like that into law. I forget how we got on the taxes of Trump. Because the House Ways Trump. and Means Committee asked for them. Yes. That's what we're talking about. That's right. I was like, wait, did I miss? That's right. We were doing mini topic. Um, so, yeah, what do we do? What's What are they going to do? Are they going to actually turn around and subpoena him? Well, President Trump, President Trump has claimed this whole time that he's not released his taxes because he's under audit, right? And this and, was a revelation that came out because of this, right? Right. And again, there's there's no law saying that while he's under audit, he can't... Releases taxes. Releases taxes. There's nothing that says that. So yeah, and that was confirmed because of this request, right? And now they're the IRS was like, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any rules against it. And now they're just kind of sick of this shit. Uh, like I said, the Treasury Department is is just saying that they're going to take their time and see what they can figure out about it. So that sounds like they activated. They did activate walk. subpoena powers in the House, mm-hmm. so they have the ability now to subpoena. For the president's tax returns, which I think is weird. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about, you know, uh, when we talked about like Michael Cohen's testimony and shit, some of the stuff that he said would, you know, theoretically possibly explain some of the weirdness, hesitation there has been around releasing taxes. Yeah, because it's all tied back to his money. So, because he's paid for, he paid for all that shit. So I'm interested to see. Yeah, yeah me too. Because that, what do you do about that? And that's, oh, I boy. think, honestly, I think a lot of that will come out through the Southern District of New York's investigation the of Michael Cohen and, and, you know, all the suspects. Well, in the Trump campaign, stuff. yeah, there's still lots of stuff that's going on. Yeah. So. And apparently, when I was, was it the bar? I can't remember what I was watching where maybe I was listening to Shapiro. Bill B. Where the apparently the there's the grand jury is still it hasn't disbanded yet for for the Mueller investigation. Sorry, really? Yeah, apparently the grand jury hasn't fully disbanded yet. Which goes wait, 
What? Why? What's? Especially and I think we'll find out about that. Out. That's interesting. That we'll find out if that is the case. Probably once the reports actually drop. But yeah, I'm, it's got me curious. It does have me curious. Um, but yeah, that's it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing. I don't know if I necessarily disagree with it or not. I don't trust that the motives are pure. We'll say that from the Congress. Yeah. Because I think they're they're just looking to find something, not I don't think they have much evidence that they're going after, maybe. Like you said, there's probably some legitimately suspect you know, suspect things that Michael Cohen knows about. It does raise some red flags. But how is there any way to ever find out whether or not he's really telling the truth? Fuck no. No. Not unless we find certain you know, actual evidence about something. And yeah. who knows how he be he might be making an assumption based off of the evidence that he talks about and stuff like that. You never know unless we know the evidence and we're sitting in the jury what exactly we're dealing with. Right. It's all just hearsay really. And I don't know how much you can trust the media's reporting on a lot of this stuff anyways these days. So it's hard to really know what the truth really is, especially in that case. You know, for the Trump tax part with the Congress, it's it's pretty blatantly obvious. You can see why they're doing it. And I think there's probably justification for doing it. But the narrative that's being promoted for their presumption of why they want to do it seems disingenuous. Yeah. But anyways, so how much do you know about this Julian Assange thing? Um. <clears throat> 70 years. It's been 84 years. 70 oh. years. Um, Julian Assange has been in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. And finally this week, they rescinded his, what are they, diplomatic immunity. Um, his like temporary citizenship and or whatever asylum, the fuck. Yeah. Asylum They were claim. allowing him to be there. And so the police in London like promptly went in there and arrested his ass. Yeah. And brought him out. Looking and, like Gollum. Talking about they were going to start the extradition process to America, right? Mm -hmm. He went in there originally because he was facing rape charges in Sweden. And then in 2017, those charges got dropped. Like the case was just done with. But America, America still wants his ass. That's right. And they want him technically for computer hacking crimes. Yes. Right. Allegedly. why Why do they really want him? They want him because he is the head of WikiLeaks and he's been posting classified documents stolen from the United States government for years now. Yep. Um, and it all depends, you know, with different opinions, different opinions, because he's also been nominated for like uh, journalistic fucking awards. Yep. And, and also like uh, and- the, the, the piece. Um, the piece something. The piece something. What's uh No, I'm going to dangle you for a minute. Shit. Um, comes from Sweden. Yeah, the thing. Alfred Trump was his God first name. What is it? The Nobel. Yes. Peace Prize? Yeah, yeah, Alfred, yeah. Alfred Nobel. Jesus Christ, I'm the worst. Sorry, I had to let you dangle. No, on no, I, I understand. Um, and <laughs> the I, entertainment. Value, I understand. It's too <laughs> um, so, you know, he, he's kind of an asshole. He's kind yeah. of a piece of shit. Um, but. There's certainly nothing saying that he hasn't done what he feels is right this whole time. You know, there's there's no saying that. So it's, you know, because some of the riddle, because this tie, the original reason why I think they really want him um, 
and their actual tie to him, to the to the computer hacking stuff comes from this, and that's the formerly Bradley Manning, the artist the formerly known as yeah, the artist formerly known as Bradley Manning, uh, now Chelsea Manning. Um, is that shitty? Is that a shitty joke for me? I no, I, I thought about it all morning. I think it was great. Was appropriate. The art. So. I think it's just it's kind of played out. But I mean, I'm good sure job. Is, you know, yeah. clap clap. Yeah. You try. It's, it's, it's okay. been a while. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> to any uh, budding comedian, if there's one thing I've learned from Joe Rogan's podcast, it's if you want to be a comedian, do not quit your day job <laughs> for possibly decades. But anyways, um, yeah, it's. That's a whole nother side story there because in the conservative community, um, there's a lot of uh, calling Bradley Manning because that at the time of all this stuff going down with Assange, he was still Bradley Manning. Right. Which I I think on the in the progressive, the intersectional left still counts as dead naming, but I'm not totally sure about that. But anyways, this all stems back to Bradley Manning essentially giving access kazoon tight and correct me if i'm wrong about this because you i think know more about this than i do but uh, bradley manning giving access to julian assange you know giving him a password or something to break into right so julian assange offered to try and assist bradley manning in breaking a password to gain access to a network that has classified files on it from the government there you go and which apparently was successful Right, because yes. that's that's how we got the the video clips that WikiLeaks released of, you know, like the helicopter shooting of essentially civilians and right, you know, friend, you know, all this really messed up stuff. But you know, and I think it, it's either him or Snowden was the the leaking of the the special classified program they had research program or technology program that allowed the detection of IEDs and stuff like this and could jam them or something like that. I think that was Snowden. That was Snowden. Um, but anyways, so, but they're taking that problem and then turning him, turning it and trying to go after him for a, a hacking side of it. You're looking at that camera. You're making me think that's it went out. Cool. Oh, that's, we got backup camera. What's up? Okay. Um, I, us, I usually use that one anyways because it's, it's more badass. Um, but anyways, this has brought up the conversation because there's really not much more to what's happening than this is what's happening. They're going after him for for hacking crimes and it stems back to the Bradley Manning situation, the Chelsea Manning situation, the whatever. But the real conversation around this in my mind is why the government is going after the hacking versus you look like you're about to sneeze. Um, to fight it, <laughs> to fight it, just let it go, bro. Uh, but it's it's why they're going after him for hacking and not espionage, because technically that would be an act of, it could be perceived as an act of espionage, right? And so the topic of conversation usually leads to the point where if you start pursuing him for espionage, you run the risk of trying to fight against somebody's freedom of speech, their, you know, the freedom of the press and that whole attack on free speech. And so some people are saying that they're choosing not to go after the espionage side of it because it sets a bad precedent against, you know, whistleblowers and and that kind of thing, which I think is totally legitimate, even though it's, it's hard for me to say that there's not some other crime in between espionage and hacking. 
And maybe that's what the real problem is here. I think you need to become a lawyer. Because, because I would never become a lawyer. Just to, just, just to get your degree to have enough knowledge so that... I could be the Ben Shapiro. Yes. Yeah, so I, can, I can go get my, my... I would... Oh, no, no, no. That terrifies me. I actually, well, you know what the problem is, Don? Is in my day job, I have to deal with so much law every single day because it dictates how we do our job. And we, you know, write up legal descriptions and yeah. things like this. So that's maybe why I have a new found, you know, it's like a problematic relationship with legal legalese. And it makes me wonder a lot of things. You just hate lawyers now? Uh, no, well, I hate how law is written, say that, <laughs> because it does, even though legalese is supposed to remove the need for assumption, um, it doesn't do that very well. You know who else hates how the law is written? How? Or Kim who? Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, what's going on with that? So, Kim Kardashian, apparently there's some weird law in California where if you... Like intern enough somewhere, like for yeah. long enough oh, that you God, can become no. a lawyer. Yes. So Kim Kardashian is going to become a lawyer um, by in California. Yep. Just through doing essentially OJT on the job training. Yep. Oh Jesus, help us! Um, you know that's that's really How do you feel about that because again that makes me think about my job. I'm so sorry, my allergies um, are terrible. Everybody, legal licensing. Right, because the way we have the ability to write up these legal descriptions and actually have them mean anything is because to become licensed um, in the state of Washington, you have to be approved by a board and all this stuff. Very similar to the bar, there's tests you have to take and all right. these things. And so, I can understand like not requiring a college degree because currently in Washington State, it's not to be a lawyer. No, no, no. This is in my line of work. Oh. But it's similar because, you know, to be able to have legal authority in some fashion, you have to do this a similar process. Yeah. But you don't have to go to school for it, right? You can and it helps, but it still takes a long time. It's like being a doctor in a way. Like you have so many years you have to put in. <laughs> and so for for law... Because but keep comparing yourself to a doctor, Colin. No. <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm no, just no, kidding. No. I'm just kidding. Mandatory. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like okay, we'll we'll go trade. We'll go trades to become like a a licensed carpenter. You got to do an apprenticeship and go up. Right. Boom. I'm just fucking with you. They don't they don't fuck around with the law like I do because I'm a lawyer. (laughs) Oh my god! But see now that I'm talking this out because I've never really thought about it before. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking out loud. Good. Um, I don't know if I disagree with that. I don't think. Depending on what type of law you pursue, why do you need to go to college for it? If you can prove that you know the law and still be able to pass the bar exam yeah. and sit for your bar board, you know, interview and essentially they're like more like interrogations than anything else. But if you can still get through the process, why do you need to go to college? So I think that she said she intends to. Um, I mean, Kim Kardashian becoming a lawyer scares me. I think we're moving. That's into pop what scares now, me. But, um, I think that she said she intends to take the bar in 2022 because I think you have to do that for four years and then you can take the bar exam. So that would make sense. I'm interested I mean, to see what happens. Let's bump up. Let's bump it up to eight. 
<laughs> you know, and it has to all be confirmed apprenticeship under a licensed uh, lawyer already, a bar approved lawyer already. Yeah. Maybe. Because what does it take to go to school and to intern and stuff to become a lawyer? What, eight years maybe? Something to like that. To be fully? It, well, apparently not in California. <laughs> apparently it only becomes four years. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm down with that. But Kim Kardashian becoming a lawyer scares me. I don't want that. Would you hire her as your lawyer? I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's an idiot savant who's really, really good at law. Who knows? I, it just, from what I know of her now, you know, and her business acumen and cutthroat fucking, you know, business tactic, tactics and stuff, maybe she's not. I have a feeling she's a total fake and she's actually really intelligent and is purposely doing all this stuff, I would hope. But I don't know, man. Really? I wouldn't hire her. Are you kidding me? She's Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I don't want her anywhere near my life whatsoever. <laughs> I hate the fact that I have to hear her her name or see her her cottage cheese butt on the internet. Or, is it, you know, man? the little... Not I feel bad for Kanye, for man. Kanye married to a hobbit. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't love her. No, I'm sure. not a fan. So I also heard. Um, so I think we're I think we're pretty solidly in pop culture now. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think we're in it. <clears throat> Will Smith, right? You like mm-hmm. Will Smith, right? Um, do you think Will Smith is black enough? Sure. Because there are a lot of people who are saying now that he's not black enough, right? Because oh. there is a movie that is supposed to be made about. Richard Williams, who is the father of Serena and Venus Williams, oh. and about, you know, like his life and all this stuff. And Will Smith was supposed to play him. And there's a bunch of people who are now saying that he's not black enough to be that guy. His skin is not dark enough to play this person. Interesting. Well, that seems racist as fuck, first of all. <laughs> but there's a really good South Park episode all about this, and I highly suggest you watch it. It's where all the rich people move into South Park. Will Smith included, Snoop Dogg. Yes. You know, it's a great one. You, okay, so there's two arguments to this I have. The first one is film authenticity. If you want to be true to the objective structure of who this person is in real life, yes, you need somebody that's prop. Well, I don't know. What does Serena Williams' dad look like? Do we need... That's the difference. So in other words, actually, no. That's totally Michael. Dude, his facial structure and everything is built for Will Smith. Are you kidding me? So. You just have to make him a little older and salt and pepper him up a little bit? But he's not black enough. That's bullshit. (laughs) Intersectionality is such bullshit, especially when it interferes with Hollywood. I'm so done with it. Well, that's the same group of people that didn't want... Uh, Scarlett Johansson to yeah play the play a, either yeah, trans person the and, trans person and now that movie's not being made she, anymore. She got shit on real hard for Ghost in the Shell, yeah, which was that live action take on an anime. Well, show. and so did um people get shit on all the time for that these days. What is this fucking girl? But Will name? Smith is a great actor. He would look, I mean, he would look identical to that character. I don't know if he can pull off his persona and who he is in real life and all the things that actually matter for acting. Yeah. But if you want to just go completely superficial, I think he's probably a better match than anyone else I've seen. He looks 
That looks like an old Will Smith, dude. That's like Will Smith in 20 years. <laughs> you kidding me? Have you ever seen, uh, you know who this girl is, Emma Stone? Yeah, I love Emma Stone. Where, so she also caught shit because she was in a movie, and we might have talked about this before. Yeah. Where, yeah, she was uh, Asian, but she wasn't supposed to be able to pass as Asian. Oh. Um, and I think then, I'm thinking about The Help. No, 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 no. This is a different movie. So she was in a movie, I don't remember what it's called, but she, where she played a Chinese girl who, like, I guess the whole theme of the movie was that she wasn't supposed to look Chinese. And so then she caught mad shit for playing a Chinese person. I'm like, well, this is racist. I'm like, well, but she's not supposed to look Chinese, though. I'm like, that's the thing. And people just didn't care about that. Interesting. I'm trying to see. Okay. The help. No. Birdman. I nope. probably would not think it's Birdman. No. The favorite. Battle of the Sexes. No. No. La La Land. Is it like one of the newer ones? Yeah. Okay. Cruella, The Menu, The Croods 2. Zombieland Double Tap? What? what? Oh my God. Zombieland is one of my favorite movies. They're making another one. Pre- it's in post-production. The Favorite. The Favorite. Oh. Maybe it's that one. Interesting. I thought that was like in the antebellum. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's not it. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I'm dropping everything over here. At least you, you haven't dropped your phone yet Aloha. this episode. Aloha. Aloha. 2015. Aloha. Interesting. I think. And you know what's really great about that? The movie is about nothing about that. No. Well, maybe. Then maybe I'm wrong. Well, no. I mean, it could be like a subplot type thing, but the overall plot, it doesn't look like there's anything with... That's like career... Then maybe that's not the movie. Damn it. <sighs> Just look up... Look up uh, look up her playing a Chinese girl, you know? Oh, okay. Emma yeah. Stone, Chinese character. Emma Stone, Chinese character. Yeah. I wish I could type as fast as... Um, there you go. From the Guardian, Emma Stone, the whitish Asian person Hollywood could find. Really? There you so go. the flick is... Okay, keep going. I'm going to find this thing here. What's the movie? Chinese Hawaiian. So I bet it is Aloha. Yeah, yeah. Asian Pacific Islander. So there you go. Yeah, it's got to be that one. Aloha. And she's supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, that's fucked up because she's fucking too white. But that's the whole idea. Or maybe not the whole idea, but that's part of the idea. Besides, man, these are movies. Okay, John Wayne isn't playing Genghis Khan anymore. Okay. I think I think we have enough diversity in film. We can, you know, people do whatever. Fucking, how much shit did Tyler Perry get for saying that he's only going to cast black men or black women in his lead roles anymore? None. Yeah. Who cares? That's fine. Go to town. You do make you. you make pretty good movies, bro. I don't care what you do. Or not Tyler Perry. The old sitcom dudes, or not sitcom, sketch comedy dudes, Key and Peele. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The guy that did Get Out and then that... That new one, yeah, that looked uh, terrifying or something like that. Yeah, I, I saw the preview. I was like, I can't. Uh, uh-uh, uh, that's I too can't. much. I that looks can't. fucking terrifying. Yeah. So yeah. who's that? Who else is getting shit? <laughs> uh, those are the only two people I can think of. Oh, okay. Um, and then I finally found. That's what happens when you actually reach the end of the rabbit hole. You go, wait, where am I? What yeah. day is it? <laughs> How long um, have I been gone? And then what else? I finished Jordan Peterson book this week finally. Nice. Um, finally, finally, finally. So I started reading 1984, which was really good. Um, 
That's a quick one. Saw pictures of a black hole this week. That was a thing that happened. Yeah. You saw an algorithmic creation of what a black hole would look like if we could see it, but we can't because it physically is impossible. I thought that it was a compilation of information from satellites. Mm-hmm. So it is like a true picture of, of like what it looks like. Yeah. In a spectrum that is completely non-visible to us. Yeah. Which is... And did you see the comparison so shots of like the sun is like a dot and the earth is like a smaller fucking dot and yeah. it's all giant within this giant fucking gaping hole into time and space? That's so weird. I love it. Black That's holes so are so weird. interesting to me. They're the most problematic thing in the entire universe and we have no fucking clue what it really is. Problematic? Yeah. I mean, they, they swallow entire galaxies, bro. Yeah. It's literally what they do. They, there's one sitting at the center of our galaxy right now. It hasn't caused us any problems so far. Nah. We've been all right. Yeah, we, we're, we're doing all right. I think our we don't have to worry about it in our species' existence. I think we'll be all right. That would be wild, though, right? If all of a sudden it just, like, sucked Dude. everything up. That's why I like movies like Interstellar so much. Yeah. Because they, they fuck with that shit. That was shit. a good movie. Bending time and space. and it, Dude, it's just so... It's so much fun to have fun with because we really have no concept other than the fact that, perspectively, if you were to get sucked into a black hole, you would, in almost to like the point of infinity, be slowly sucked into this thing and your entire sense of time and space and everything could be completely altered and shifted as to our perspective on it. And at the same time, you're being condensed to into this this state of matter which is so tiny but so incredibly dense that it sucks in entire galaxies weird to think about <laughs> weird to think about we got to move on i'm we sorry we got to move on do you have any more <laughs> pop culture that you want to hit yes you need i sent you a text last weekend that you need to watch love death and robots on yeah. netflix what's it about it's a it's 18 episodes and 18 yes i'm just 18 kidding episodes. i'm not going anywhere and they are, it's a anthology, I guess you could say, of, think of it like a short story anthology, right? Okay. And they're all completely separate. And the only real commonality they have is that they are some kind of sci-fi type of situation. Almost like a Black Mirror type of thing. Self-contained, small episodes. They're roughly between 8 and, I think, 15 minutes long, something like that. And they're all animated in totally different fashions. Some of them are very, I mean, some are of they the, all done by different? So they're all done like yeah, by different completely artists, separately. Yeah, and I think they're all directed by different people and stuff like this. But they are so fucking good. Almost every single one of them, I would want like an entire TV show based off of. They're that good, really. And they're so short, so sweet. You can sit down and bust through fucking ten of them. And not even realize it because they're so small and self-contained and they're all incredibly entertaining. There's one that is live action. Mm. And so, spoiler alert. So are they all about different things or they're just all Totally different different things, you know. But they're all sci-fi-ish. You know, some of them deal with like the existential crisis of an AI. Some of them deal with, you know, there's one where there's like a mini civilization like inside of an old freezer it's fucking trippy as shit dude it's really cool really but you know there's so many then they're all totally different 
They're just fucking awesome. Have you watched? Short. You should watch them. Have you watched Black Mirror? Have you watched all of Black Mirror? No, I haven't watched all of it. That's just crazy. I can only make it through probably a half dozen, like ten of them, before I was like, okay, I can't. We we had to take a break. Jordan heavy. Jordan said she wanted to stop, and we haven't gone back since then. But the first one we watched was where the guy has sex with a pig. Dude, and that's a rough one to start on. And you know, and at the end of that, we were like. If this is what the whole show is going to be like, I don't know if I can watch this. Like yeah. that's like that's fucking really intense, and it it's as was as bad. intense as the first saw probably was. Yeah, right. Remember when that really first came out? I was like, dude, this is fucked up. It's so this weird. is Black Mirror takes that to a whole other level, man. Yeah, so messed up. Crocodile, the episode where they kill that was that a, a guy or a girl? I can't remember, but they kill somebody accidentally when they're younger and it haunts them their whole lives and somebody goes clean and then this lady goes on a killing rampage and but the whole thing's centered around this weird dystopic technology that allows insurance companies to like see your memories oh right 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 yeah yeah dude that i think that's the last one i watched because that one was fucking heavy well and i watched obviously spoilers for anybody fucking listening to this but i also i watched one where you put an implant in your kid's head and you could like see everything that they see and you could like censor their vision. And so like, like, Whoa. so, so this little girl walked past a dog every day on her way to school and her mom just like blurred out that dog. So when she walked past the dog, it's just like a blur. She doesn't see the dog. She doesn't fucking hear it barking. She does nothing. Right. So like she couldn't see blood and like all this shit. Right. And then dude yeah and so she like so her kid finds out about it and and shuts it down you know it's like you can't do this like this is fucked up and then adult privacy settings for your entire life and for a couple years like everything is fine and then you know the girl comes home late one time you know she's not home when she's supposed to be and so the mom is like fucking and so she kicks back up you know the system and like the girl's like getting fucked like when the mom and it's like an ipad that she's got you know and so she turns on and you can just like see what the girl is seeing and she's like getting fucked you know and so then the mom freaks out and then the girl comes home and finds out about it and like beats her mom to death with the ipad (laughs) (laughs) that sounds black mirror it's fucked up dude I mean, not that I didn't, you know, I know I just told it to you, but even if you watch it, it's it's going to be a whole other deal. So yeah, you should peep it. It's fucked up. There, there was one episode that I really, really liked, and it was this one where I don't remember what it was called, but essentially uh, there was this online video game type thing and or this online like universe type thing that you could do. And this chick went to this new job or whatever, and she played this game or something like that but her boss found a way to like import like steal their consciousness into this thing yes, and keep yes. them there and essentially they're just downloaded into the internet yeah and you know it's it turns out to be this kind of fun thing they're like oh yeah we're on this crew in space real star trekky you know it's like then a copy it's like, of their consciousness yeah. yeah and so then all of a sudden it fucking like he goes nuts and like it tries to imprison them there and to keep them there forever and dude, we when we so watched, twisted when we watched that one at the end jordan was like that's really fucked up and i was like i don't really see what's that fucked up because i'd be down with it i will i was like i was like they're not real right and she was like what and i was like excuse me those people are just projections of people's consciousness right i was like they're just copies like so they're not real like they're just in a computer 
And she was like, just well, but they're, yeah, but they're like almost sentient. Like, the, you know, they are like thinking and blah, blah, blah. I was like, but they're just like in a computer. I'm like, so who fucking cares? Like, like the real people are still on the outside world living their regular lives. I'm like, so who fucking cares? Like, it, it was interesting. Don's views on AI. Don't worry that, about it. They're not real. <laughs> just unplug them. That show sparked a <laughs> lot of debates between me and Jordan of just about ways that we felt about shit you know that was yeah. like well, i don't think that that's really true and i was like like well it was it was interesting it was very interesting like the the place that that the places that that show led us to mm-hmm. you know black near is not a waste of time no it's definitely not but that there's interactive some, one there's some heaviness to it for sure yes but yes i did also um, I told you earlier that I finished Ben Shapiro's new book on Audible. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about it. How was it? It's really good. Yeah. It kind of fucks with my mind, actually. It it's made me rethink a lot of things. I'm gonna have to listen to it again. Is it just about America? It's about Western civilization and the roots of Western civilization and what makes up Western civilization and and the, you know, he ties it all back to the two roots of. Um, you know, Jerusalem, he, he just coins it as Jerusalem and Athens. It's Judeo-Christian values through original, like, you know, because the, the Jewish religion essentially started what became Catholicism. Right. And, and you know, every, every modern version of Christianity we have today, it all ties back to the original Jewish church. And, and then compare, you know, combining that, those values through that religion combining that with the reason of Greek philosophers and what we've done is combined both of those together to create what we call Western civilization to these days. And he traces them all back to the roots and discusses their importance. And, and I, I'm, <laughs> you love Ben Shapiro. Yeah. I mean, it's, I like that aspect of him. I don't, cause he, ties everything back to the fundamental truth of his religion, right? But to be able to see past that, to just the strict values pulled from that religion, because, you know, he believes, I think, in essence, that you cannot fully embrace the values of of Judeo-Christian values unless you buy into those religions. And I don't think that's right. I think right. You, I think you can just... If you know what the values are, is you can teach and study those things outside of the religion itself. As More long of a as Sam you, Harris tilt. Yes. Um, yeah, but I think Sam Harris's argument pulls it. Kind of chooses to not even look at that side of it whatsoever. <clears throat> but once you kind of can, if you can get past the whole like religious aspect of it and realize that he's not trying to convert you, he's just trying to explain things. I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I was a, I was a really big fan of that book. And it's kind of not so much changed the way I think of Western civilization, but it certainly has impacted it greatly. Yeah. And it's he does a great job narrating it. Um, he doesn't talk very fast, which is nice. He's not his normal fast-talking self. And so he does narrate it, right? Yeah, he does. That's nice. Yeah, no, and he, he does a great job because he, he speaks much slower when he does the audible audiobook compared to the way he talks on his radio show and shit. Yeah. Where it's so fast. If you slow it down to like time and a half, he sounds like he's drunk. Yeah. Does you could still understand everything he says. It's just, he just sounds like he's fucking hammered, which I think is the greatest thing on the face of the planet. But I even finished a fucking sci-fi audiobook. Sci-fi. Sci-fi. 
yeah, new. I had two new books in two series that I really love and hammered through one of them, and now I'm hammering out the other one. You know, I talk about the expanse. You're just getting hammered, dude. Ham <laughs> up. Well, yes, see, the expanse. What Sorry, happens man. is, is now that I've been more comfortable with my job and I'm working in the office a lot, I get a lot of my podcasts during the day, and then I come home and I play. I make myself play video games every single day now. for a little while it's forced relaxation time that's good and and you should take advantage of that now i do (laughs) i I am because i know it's going to go away at some point in the near future um and so i do that and so i've been playing this game called division two yeah division two and i'm almost done with the campaign but it's really fun and so i put on my audiobook while i play that game and so i've been hammering through shit and i love every second of it but other than that, that's all the pop culture I got. I think that's all I got too. Yeah. I don't think I watched anything new this week. <gasps> Actually, I did have on one Sunday. more. Yeah, Game of Thrones is on Sunday, like this Sunday, like tomorrow. Like you yeah. miss. We're we're talking to you in the in the past, so you in the future should feel lucky that you watched Game of Thrones on. By the time last you hear night. this, you already know who's dead. Because <laughs> somebody's dying. Somebody is dying. The I haven't watched plot a twist, single trailer for it. The real all. plot twist would be if no one died in the opening episode. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that would be the real plot twist if no oh, one died. That, that would be so funny. I'm interested. Okay, but so tomorrow- here's another one for you. Yes, and then I do have pop culture. Go okay. Um, Game of Thrones is coming out. Crap, what was I going to say? Oh, I did start a new show. What? Uh you have you ever seen the Goldbergs? Yes, so I watched it on Hulu. Right. Yes. Well, the Goldbergs, I think, is kind of finished, and they did a spinoff show called Schooled. Called the Steelbergs. The, no, it's yeah. called Schooled. Schooled. And so the the former guidance counselor, the ladies' man, um, he is now the principal at the school, and then none other than the powerful, powerful Brian Callen, yeah, who plays the coach. Right. Okay. He's still playing the coach, but like he's actually a main character in this one. And then they bring in uh, Lainey, which was one of the side characters. She's one of the main characters too, except she's there now as a teacher. Yeah. But it's a fucking. It's just like Goldberg's two point Instead of taking place in the eighties, it takes place in the nineties. So so many nineties Easter eggs, man. You're just so much happier there. Oh, dude, it's so good. Gak, remember <laughs> Gak? Yeah. And I think. Was there a Pogs episode? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, that, talk, yeah, we, we just, talked yeah. about Pogs last week. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, highly recommend. It's fun. Right. So, tomorrow, Sunday, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, I'm going to go to a concert. I'm going to see Earl Sweatshirt um, at the Showbox Soto on Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tickets were only like 35 bucks. They were Rapper? super cheap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's Earl Sweatshirt. So Earl Sweatshirt originates from Odd Future. That's right. Um, and now does his own music just as Earl Sweatshirt. And so it sounds way too familiar. Me and Trenton are going to go. Um, and Jordan is going to stay home. Oh, no. So it's going to be my first time like that far away from the baby by myself. So How good. was your guys' date night, by the way? That was a couple weeks ago, right? It was chill. We made it through dinner. Oh. Um, 
it was a whole deal. I wasn't oh. going to talk about it. No, I think that's, <laughs> that speaks yeah. volumes right there. It was a whole deal um, that we will totally talk about, <laughs> not on this podcast. I was hoping to be so, like, dude, it was great. We yeah. had a, we had a dinner whole was night. awesome. Yeah. I had really delicious fish and chips, and I had one beer, mm. and then. Um, some shit happened anyway. <laughs> yeah. But you got to get out and go have some dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Dinner was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we can move on to sports. <laughs> I was like, on. I didn't know um, I was, there was a landmine right there. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> I know. I never even, <laughs> I didn't mention it. So I forgot that oh, that happened. That's um, great. That's okay. So we, we can move on so to anyway, sports. So anyways, sports. So, um, <laughs> and I wanted to talk to you because I feel like you've talked to me about this before, but Jordan mentioned it to me the last time because she's been watching the show like all the time now because she's got nothing but time at home. Oh, I love and, you, Jordan. And Dax loves to listen to it, and so they watch the YouTube videos, which we you have like daddy all the we time. We have like a bunch of subscribers on there. I don't know if you've noticed, but we have like, you know, like thirty subscribers on there. What? Yeah. Oh word! You should look at you should. Look I don't at, even yeah, look anymore. That's a thing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, that's that's a thing. You should peep it. Peep it right now. Yeah. Um, All right. Let me and let so, me just recover from the shock of that statement I, real quick. I know. I know. Um, so in other words, make sure everybody go out and tell your friends about us. Yeah, watch us on YouTube because it's bald. So what was I saying? Oh, so Jordan was talking to me about a. 27 subscribers. There you go. Guys, thank you. And so... Guys, gals, people of non, you know, binary origin. <laughs> thanks for, you know, putting up with our shit. Jordan was talking to me about doing like a standalone sports thing to talk more in-depthly about sports. Because when we do it on this, it's more mm-hmm. of a list thing. And she said she enjoyed it more when we talked more in-depthly mm-hmm. about it. So... So yeah, I mean, uh, the week I was gone at Comic Con and Meat Eater, thanks for the Hannigan Meat Eater. Um, you fucking nailed that thing, dude. Carolyn and I both sat there and watched it. We we ate some arepas on the side of the street in Seattle and watched you do your your badass sports thing. It was great. You it was fun. Definitely, definitely should do that. Um, and so I think that when it gets closer towards football season, I'll look mm-hmm. into doing that. You know. Um, and just do just a podcast like at, at my house probably or something like that. Yes. Maybe just try and have one person on there a week yes. to discuss whatever with me. So grow my young flower. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so it'll be good. Uh, the first thing we can talk about Leonard Fournette running back for the motherfucking Jags got arrested on Uh-oh. Friday, I think, for driving a suspended license for a speeding ticket. He didn't pay the speeding ticket was like a year ago and it was like. $200 and he never $204 which he had 30 days to pay and never paid it Ouch. Um, and now he got arrested and he paid his $1,058 bond like 20 minutes after he got arrested um, yeah. but didn't pay the $200 ticket and just to what? be clear right now he's in the middle of a four year $27 million contract um, so and- you're going to why would you not pay just pay the ticket? ticket? I don't know. Because then he had a suspended license and was still driving around just whipping, doing whatever he wants. So fucking league should bench his ass until he pays that shit. Yeah. So, You're a fucking millionaire. You play professional sports. Have some basic fucking responsibility in your life, please. No reason he hasn't paid a $200 ticket for speeding. No. So that's re. Oh. Drop yeah. his ass. So so we'll see what happens for Leonard Fournette from there. Um, and we'll start, let's start locally with our beautiful, beautiful young Russ. 
I'm Leonard Fournette, bitch. So (laughs) Russell Wilson said last week that he wants his deal done by the 15th because Russell Wilson wants a deal. He wants a fucking big money contract. He wants to be the highest paid player in NFL. He wants his fucking cash. He does? Yep. And he wants it done by the 15th. So he wants it done by Monday. Right. So in other words, Sierra wants that. Um, right, and he's just the mouthpiece. So let's so let's I go. I don't want greedy Wilson. Let's go over some of Russ's stats, right? And he didn't say I no. want to be the highest paid quarterback, but he said he wanted to be paid fairly for what he did, right? And as we um, all know, the stats he, have to dictate, right? And he's a baller, right? So I mean, he is. He is a baller. Last year, he played 16 games, right? They went 10 and 6, 65.6% completion yard. He threw for 3,400 yards, averaged 8.1 yards, 35 touchdowns, only seven picks. Beautiful. I and, love it. And last beautiful. year was like a meh year. And last year was just okay, right? So we can even go to. Because the year before, he threw his ass off, right? Yeah. So, let's see. 2017, he was 29. And he played 16 games. They went 9-7. and He threw 61%, 3,900 yards, 34 touchdowns. So, the yardage was essentially the same, but less... Reception, more yardage. He had 500 more yards with a less um, percentile of completion. Yep. Wow. wow. Yeah. Bigger, bigger throws. He was way more accurate this year than I think that he ever has been before. 65.6. So in 2015, he threw for 68.1 percent. Okay. Um, and that was 4,000 yards. And then 2016 oh. was his biggest year, 4,200 yards. 21 touchdowns though. So, uh, good but, lord. Last year was the most touchdowns ever thrown, 35. So, I mean, it's not like he's not maxing out, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's still riding that line. Yep. Man, pay the man, bro. So it's right. So it's not like he doesn't deserve it, especially when you have people, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, uh, Kirk Cousins, who just all signed contracts that are not as good as Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. He deserves, unfortunately, the way that, that market goes the way that football works, you know, you're paid based off what the last person was paid, not exactly mm. what you're worth. And so that's how all those other people got that much money. So that's what puts us in a position now to pay Russell Wilson this much money. So but then Monday, is that going to set us up for failure in the future? <sighs> Russ gets crazy and retires or gets hurt and or something like that. And we got to throw in someone else. I trust if he's a baller for a year. Do we have to pay him a shit ton of money? I trust that they would probably front load his contract a little bit, you know, mm. that he's going to get a lot of money up front and then, you and know, then stick around. Right. Right. Guarantee a good amount of it. But and he's a good enough guy. I mean, they you, also you can trust him with something like that. They would also love, obviously, for him to go I mean, for us to go to another Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, so there's going to be a lot of incentives built in there for playoffs or postseason for mm-hmm. all that shit. For, so I'm interested to see. Um, I mean, I would imagine they, you know, Is it, are there any numbers and, getting thrown around yet? Uh, nope, not that, just saying, I've, yeah, just not that I've heard paid. this far. Yep, he just he said he's not going to hold out. Like he's not going to, he's not he's going to still go to the OTAs and shit like that. That happens, you know. But he wants a deal done by that time. So okay. I think it's just like a preference type of deal. Um, man, that's so classy though. Yeah, with I don't like the holdout thing, man. You know, and uh, he said he's not going to. So I, I appreciate that. You know, 
Especially the most important time when you're doing practices and, you know, getting the the training and all that stuff. I mean, it's, you know, you got all the new people on the team that are trying to get incorporated into that system. And if your leader's not there or if anybody's not there, like when Chancellor kept holding out and all this stuff, I mean, he's a huge leader on that team. And, you know, you're going to sit there and fucking not show up and all these new players are probably going to be looking to you and you're not there. Earl Thomas. Speaking of Earl Thomas, right? So was Earl Thomas. Yeah, Earl Thomas. Not Chance. Um, he said this week in an interview with Scott Van Pelt that he wants to retire a Seahawk. That makes me so happy. Motherfucker, you just held out and I then know. signed a three-year with the Ravens. Wait, what? I told you a couple yeah. weeks ago he signed three years with the Ravens. That's right. And I now was... you're saying you want to retire a fucking Seahawk? So you want to play three with the Ravens? And then you're, you want to come back here and play again so you can retire here? That's what you're saying? Fuck you, man. You should have taken a discount and played here for three years. Yeah. Everything would have been fine. I thought you wanted to be You could have stayed here. That what it instead you signed with the Ravens. Okay. I'm mad. You fuck. I'm mad. Yep. So I feel, the Seahawks, I feel bad I didn't remember that. <laughs> I was like, shit. Wait, what? We also signed DN Cassius Marsh to win your deal. And he played with us before and then played with the Pats and then went to the Niners and now is back here. Ooh, um, Niners touched him. He's tainted. And then we we signed another DN Nate Orchard from the Browns. Um, the Browns traded their DN Emmanuel Ogba to, Ogba to the Chiefs for their safety Eric Murray, and then they signed safety Morgan Burnett. The Jaguars signed Alfred Blue. So that means that the Jaguars have Leonard Fournette, Carlos Hyde. I think that they have Carlos Hyde. And then they also have Alfred Blue. Um, Damn. As far as their running backs. So, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, because Carlos Hyde, what the fuck am I trying to say here? Leonard Fournette gets hurt all the time. Like, he has a consistently, he consistently gets hurt. Um, This is Wikipedia, so I don't know, but Kansas City. Oh, right. Okay, okay. That's because I knew he played 49ers and then went to the Browns and then was on the Jaguars for a little bit. So now he's... Yeah, so he played... Oh, yeah, because he was Browns 2018, Jags 2018, and now on the Chiefs. Where, now he's in Kansas City. Okay, so so Leonard Fournette, Alfred Blue then. Yeah, because Leonard Fournette, he's just, he gets hurt all the time. So they mm-hmm. need somebody to back him up, and they let TJ Yeldon go. The Steelers cut their safety, Morgan Burnett, who was picked up by the Chiefs. The Lions signed C.J. Anderson, who played for the Rams in the end of the year when Todd Gurley was having a hard time playing. He's played in the Super Bowl in the postseason, had like did incredible in the postseason, which is weird because before that he was playing for the Panthers and was doing ass. <laughs> ass down there. Dirty. Um that's Florida, you know, you can't blame them. You can only <laughs> try so much when they're seventeen foot anacont or pythons rolling around. Yeah. Um the Saints re-signed their corner PJ Williams. The Raiders released Seth Rogers. Seth Roberts, and then he signed with the Ravens. Yep. Um, the Panthers. Okay, so do you remember when we talked about the AAF? So the American Alliance of Football? Yes. Or whatever the fuck that stood for? The league is folding. Oh. So everyone took out their investments. So the league, that's done, right? They were over. Aww. And after games like two weeks ago, they told all the players. You guys got to pay for your own way home. <laughs> like we, oh. we can't even fly you guys home. You got to you gotta fly yourselves home. And then a couple days later, 
they were like, okay, you guys can sign with NFL teams if you want, because we can't pay you. We're not going to do anything. Wow. Um, so the first AF player was signed by the Chiefs, and that was a corner, Keith Reesar, and they signed him to a one-year deal worth $200,000. Wow. Um, for a corner? Yeah. Wow. They got him for super cheap. Yeah. Um, and so the Panthers signed an AAF wide receiver, Rashad Ross, and they also signed Chris Hogan from the Pats, which is good because Devin Funches went to the Colts, for like $13 million or some stupid shit. They paid him way too much money. And so Cam Newton needs more people, I think, that he can pass short to, right? Because last year Cam Newton was having – he's struggling with his shoulder. And that's like mm-hmm. what seems to be his problem is he's throwing – trying to throw so far so often that at the end of the year he's blown out his shoulder and he can't throw for dick. Mm-hmm. So he needs someone who can catch some some short passes, some fucking – some slant routes, some in routes, some beautiful shit, some some little shit, you know, some up no, the field. No, no, Don, he does not need that. He needs to blow out his <laughs> shoulder and retire. Please. So I don't want that drama queen around anymore. If he wants to be successful, that's what he needs. Um, <laughs> there you go. The Cowboys signed their DN. Yeah, pull this, pull this thing down in front of your face again. Right, right there. Yeah, is that good? The Cowboys signed their DN, Demarcus Lawrence, and we had talked about him that he was holding out. He wanted like twenty-two and a half a year. He wanted like all this shit, right? Yeah. Talking about, him, but he's not as good as Aaron Donald. That's how much mm-hmm. Aaron Donald's making. So the Cowboys signed him to a five-year, hundred and five million dollar deal, sixty-five guaranteed, Jesus. which is still a fuckload of money. Yep. God. So, but they had to pay him because, like we talked about, only half of their D line is still coming back because two of those guys are suspended for indefinitely for having so many fucking weed violations. Um, so, like I said, the Ravens signed Seth Roberts and they lost John Brown and like somebody else, I think. So, they need more receivers over there in Baltimore. The Eagles signed an AAF wide receiver, Charles Johnson, to a one year deal. The Falcons signed Adrian Claiborne, a D end. For a one-year deal for $4 million, the Patriots signed Austin Safarian Jenkins, who's a tight end because they're going to have to Jenkins. try and fill that uh, Gronk spot, right? So they signed mm-hmm. ASJ to a one-year deal, and they extended their safety Patrick Chung one year. The Giants signed Sterling Shepard, their wide receiver, to a four-year $41 million deal. He is the number one wide receiver now in New York since OBJ is in mm-hmm. Cleveland. Um, but they have like a dope tight end, Evan Ingram, and they're running back, obviously, fucking Saquon Barkley is incredible. So <clears throat> I think Evan Ingram will have more yards at the end of the year than Sterling Shepard could. That's possible. Especially with who he's matched up with. Yes. I know. I'm willing to... I don't know that I would put money on that, but... But you draft it's, him. It's possible. Evan Ingram as a tight end, I think, is going to have a shitload of yards this year. Yeah, yeah. bunch of catches. The Jets signed running back Tyler Montgomery to a one-year deal. The Bears signed an AAF kicker, uh, Elliot Fry, to a three-year deal. And the Vikings signed Adam Thielen to a four-year deal up to $73 million. So, wow. Adam Thielen, last year, played 16 games. Um, he had 113 receptions, 1,373 yards, and nine touchdowns. So the first, I think, wow. seven, eight games of the year, he had 100 yards every single game, which like he was breaking records up until that point and was quieter towards the end of the year. But that first, that first set of games, he was fucking playing stupid good. And Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen, right? Adam Thielen. Went undrafted, started on a practice squad, played his way up, to a second string and then to a starter and is now a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Look at that. 
Isn't that crazy? Progression, baby. Yep. Next thing you know, he's the next Drew Brees. Um, and Except I not a quarterback. But. We're going to talk about baseball. We have to talk about Mariners. baseball for a minute because the Mariners are playing fucking incredible right now. The Did Mariners, I see something there? 10 and 2? The Mariners are 13 and 3. 13 and 3. Mariners are 13 and 3 because they took another loss last night to the Astros, which is like, and they've been on a fucking huge streak. Yeah. But they have, they're leading the league in runs. They have the best record in the league. Um, like, I think the last picture I saw or the last stat I saw was they had like 102 runs and the next team had like 87. Like, Man. the Mariners are playing fucking incredible right now. It's it's absurd. Okay, so um, give me percentage-wise, roughly, how far are we into the season? 13 and 3, so that's 16 games. So and there what, like over 165, games? right? What do you 165 a, games? Yeah. Okay. Out so of, uh, we're we're like 10% of the way there about. Yeah. A little over. Okay, so 16 out of 165, so I don't want to burst anybody's bubble. But didn't we do this last year? <laughs> we did, but not to this extent, right? Yeah, because yeah. We're, this we is breaking incredible. records, this, but we were still doing great. Because we also have a home run in the first like twelve games, or fucking some shit like that. We broke a record for the most games consecutively to to open the season with a home run. Wow! So they're playing great. They're playing incredible. So let's keep it that way. We just have to keep the faith. Just just stay positive about it. Let's do it. And everything will be all right. No bubbles bursted. Uh, yeah, so let's see. The best record we know the Seahawks aren't going to carry us this year. 15 straight games with a home run to open the season. Absurd. That's, yeah, that is a lot. Absolutely absurd. Good Lord. And I think it was 16 because I think... Oh. Hey, oh. oh. What are you dropping now? Oh. It's, it's, it's part of the side of this. I'm pushing oh, something boy. out. I'm, I'm oh, pushing yeah. out. I'm Don't so worry sorry. about it. Um, like <laughs> dogs barking in the background. <laughs> The studios fall apart. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. 15 straight games with a run. It's it's absurd. Home run. Go Mariners, so, man. That's all I got for sports, so we can hit the line and get the fuck out of here if you want. What? Okay, let's see. I don't know here. why I felt the need to do that. Let's see here. Man, what the fuck, man? Do you, you just injected Mexican, coll- Mexican collagen into my eye. Yeah, I didn't think it would hurt you. <laughs> I don't even know where you got that shit. 